0: Four, three, two, one, Mr. Baker, how are you? Mr.
1: Rogan, I'm doing well, thanks very much. What's
0: going on, man? What are you doing in town?
1: (laughs) I just uh, was in town doing uh, some uh, work on a sizzle reel for a show, uh, a new show. Can you talk about about
0: that? Can you tell people what it is?
1: Uh, Well, there's actually two of them. Uh, One I can talk about, I can tease it a little bit. Um, The marketing department, I guess, has to approve everything that's said. Uh, It started out, it's going to be on the Discovery Network, I think a science channel. And it uh, we're starting the main filming in February, and we should be finished by the end of March. So you know, stand by. But it's started with a discussion about um, hidden budgets in the Defense
0: Department, like dark art stuff.
1: Yeah, it's the show's going to be called Black Files,
0: oh, uh, and like UFO type shit.
1: Well, there's going to be some of that, uh, some, but but from a you know, not from a you know, you know, did they lie land? Did they not? It's it's we're really actually kind of tearing into. Uh, some of the programs that were funded by, you know, hidden money uh, in the Defense Department. And now how do they do that? Well, I mean, if you take like the CIA, for example. Uh, the agency's budget is hidden inside. It's not hidden, but it's placed inside the Defense Department. And it's and it's a classified piece of information, obviously. A lot so of, the Defense you know,
0: Department gets a certain budget. The CIA gets a piece of that, but nobody's allowed
1: to know how much right. or where it's spent. Right. Because obviously, you know, the Russians, the Chinese, whomever would like to know, you know, how much money is uh, sent over to the agency so that they can get a sense of size, resources, capabilities, that right. sort of thing. Uh, so that's where the the show concept started you know what mm. what is that money spent on uh, both in the old days and and now so it's a it's it kind of spans you know, historical operations and events and activities and special units. And it comes up to the present time and says, you know, where is, you know, money being devoted now for new technology or new programs, new operations, new intelligence gathering efforts, whatever it might be. So it's you know, I think it's it's got a lot of
0: promise. You know, hopefully people tune in and find it interesting. Uh, well, people are always curious about where the money goes. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I am. I want like who oversees it? Who gets who gets to decide like what gets spent on what and how much money goes where and who I do, who gets actually. to know <laughs> i do that's it's my job um, it's a good
1: question uh, you know that's i think a lot of people would be uh, surprised at the amount that we're talking about and, and and it's not just it's not the intelligence community it's also the military obviously um, can you discuss a, the actual numbers or could you discuss the numbers that they used to have uh, we'll be able to discuss the numbers that uh, went into past operations, but anything that's currently classified, obviously, we're not going to touch on. Right. Uh, but we've been working hard, and the producers have been working very hard to uh, get excellent access, you know, where possible and get cooperation where possible uh it's going to be but, a fairly immersive effort so what's the
0: benefit of the cia even divulging any of this information like why would they cooperate why wouldn't they say hey shut the fuck up yeah
1: well and and and, and frankly they should and and they have and they will um but not necessarily with the agency but with other uh departments and certainly within the military there's um you know, some information out there that's accessible, uh, there's some ability to get them to cooperate on on certain, again, declassified operations that just haven't come to light. Look, a right. lot of shit's been declassified over the years that's just never been looked at or talked about. You know, somebody maybe gets a wild hair up their ass and they say, I'm going to look into this program, and then they start, you know, peeling it back. It's not that it's classified. It's just nobody's ever bothered to dig into that information once it is uh, declassified. So, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, a lot of travel, uh, some great people working on the program. But, you know, apparently I have to uh, keep it pretty much at that
0: until the marketing department says, okay, here's what you can say. Right. So, so eventually you'll be able to spill the beans and tell us everything that happens. Exactly. So, so like, so. if they're making something like the B-52, like if they're making a stealth bomber, if they're making some spaceship-looking thing, like you're, you're talking this insane amount of money in research and development and the budget of these things, and they have to keep all that under wraps.
1: Yeah, shit, yeah. I mean, look, you go back to the old days of uh, – of the U-2 program. U-2 program was developed, designed, built, maintained, flown by the CIA all those years ago, right? Now, that was a massive effort and a lot of money. And it was done uh, under budget, and it was done on time, um, in in part because I think, you know, things were a little bit easier back then, and we weren't all pissing on each other up on Capitol Hill. But uh, yeah, there's, so it's 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 Programs like that that I think will surprise people when they find out both who was running it, who was responsible um, and to the degree possible, you know what did it cost us, and yeah. you know who was involved and and to what degree did it lead to something else that we 're doing now so anyway there's there's a lot of lot of you know uh threads to pull on. I think it should be a lot of a lot of fun
0: so there 's constantly projects that are in development that people other than the people that need to know the general public has no idea like that's always the 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 person the the people on the outside folks like myself you look at the you go well, i wonder what kind of shit they have that they don't tell us about <laughs> like that's what you always want like what kind of invisibility yeah. cloak what kind of crazy you know that would be good if dark we matter that. weapons yeah. like yeah. what are they doing
1: yeah no it's it and it's it's true i mean you get these incredibly smart people and it, but it comes down. To it's it's as simple as this. Somebody gets an idea. They're sitting around a table. It's not unlike going out with your buddies and drinking and thinking. You know, come, somebody comes up with, with some you know dumbass idea. And the next thing you know, it it turns into a TV show or something. But it's uh, it's it's not unlike that. A lot of smart guys sitting around a table thinking. Well, here's the problem. How do we resolve it? And the key is to do it creatively, right? To come up with, because if you get a bunch of engineers sitting around a table, you hope that they're not at all approaching it from the same point of view, right? It's, right. Just, it's like with an operation. If you've got a, a high-value target out there and you've got to figure out how to get, get access, get to them, um, you want ideas coming in from all directions. You don't want to, you don't want to you know, squelch uh, uh, creativity. and. Believe it or not, I mean, the intel community, the military, uh, they've been enormously creative over the years in developing new technologies and developing uh, operational ideas and methodologies. So it's, what we're trying to do is shed some light on that.
0: Well, I would imagine there's a certain amount of – I don't want to use the word fun – but that's really the right word. Like some of it's got to be fun to develop this stuff and to yeah. implement it and go out and get bad guys with it and to see your project come to fruition and actually have a positive effect on the world.
1: Absolutely, yeah. I mean, if, if you, you know, it really is. It's it's that simple because, you know, in operations anyway, you know, you you engage in something out there in in some you know, you know, place around the world wherever it may be, and. You know, you realize as you're walking away that, you know, there's not a lot of people doing this at this moment on the planet, right? I mean, yeah. so, so the operational activity itself is is enormously entertaining uh, as long as it goes right. Uh, but it's also the buildup. It's all that homework that gets you there, right? It's, it's like the takedown of bin Laden. We didn't just happen to get lucky and rock up on his doorstep, right, in Abbottabad. That was eight or nine years of... <sighs> Fucking hard work, right? Heavy lifting, chasing down countless bad leads and doing enormous amounts of surveillance, street work, and, and tracking down assets and doing – I mean, just, it, just the hard, hard work that eventually allowed the, you know, all those guys from, from the teams to land and do
0: their job. Right? What's, what's interesting to me, too, is that the guy who is writing the book about all this stuff and talking about you know, the man who shot bin Laden, mm. that guy's persona non grata – in the community. Like you talk to the other SEALs, they're like, you don't you don't do that. Right. You right. don't you don't do that. You yeah. don't you don't write books about that. You don't talk about that. And I, you I do it for a short term gain. You know, you make some profit off of it, but you lose the brothership.
1: You lose the Yeah, exactly. You you're you're kinda on the outs in the club and But I will say this. The reason why I think uh the horse got out of the barn on on that whole issue of of guys writing books or getting out there and talking about specific operations um, is because senior commanders and, and senior people, right, people that came out of the top levels of government uh, started writing their memoirs, you know, started revisiting history while they were, it was their watch and, then, and coming up with, you know, their explanations for history. And I think all the guys below, you know, junior ranks and, and street level operators, they looked at that and thought, well, what the fuck if they can do it? Right. Why not me? And because you've got to set the tone from the top, and I think right. that's
0: where it got it got all you know kind of sideways plus when you have someone who uh, you know has a crazy story like Marcus Luttrell and it becomes an amazing movie it also yeah. it it does help the community right because it gets a bunch of people that are really interested in becoming a seal, it gets people to appreciate the the unbelievable sacrifice and hard right. work that's involved.
1: Yeah, I think that's I think that there there's is benefits, an upside. Right? Yeah, yeah, there's an upside to it, but I think there's it's a fine balance, right? What what point do you go over that line? Right. So so you're right in the sense that you know, we see that with um whomever, the FBI or DEA, you know, they got out there and put their thumbprint on some TV shows, right? Because I think it, it kind of it it uh, expanded in in part uh awareness of of what they do. I'm sure it helped their recruitment. Um and so the seals are no different, but at the same time uh you know, you sign a piece of paper at the very beginning that says you're going to keep your yap shut.
0: Yeah,
2: right?
1: and and it's one thing to come out from whatever unit or whatever team or whatever organization and say I'm going to write uh, I don't know about my time in, right? And it's not a look at sources and methods, not look at operations. It's not that. It's more of you know, this is what happened, you know, during my time. And, and it, I mean, I think there's I'm not explaining it very well, but I think there's a way you can do that um, without screwing the pooch. But I think that. Uh, I think the SEALs got overexposed. And I think a lot of the guys um, resent that. Yeah. Uh, and so, but again, you're right. There there was some upside to it.
0: Well, there's upside to some of the stories, right? Like, I definitely think there's upside to Marcus Luttrell's story because it's just so incredible. It's People incredible. should hear about it. But I think that there's also, it's important to maintain that honor. It's important to maintain that, that yeah. bond of silence you know that you guys you know they're doing something that is probably one of the most dangerous and one of the most in terms of special operations one of the most significant in 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 all of military in this country yeah, right, yeah
1: I, I think that the, the the old school guys the old school operators out of the teams are definitely like yeah you know, just you know, Shut your pie hole. Don't talk about this. Yeah. The newer guys, again, because they came up in a different time, right? Mm. I mean, information flows all around. It's much easier and quicker than it did in the 70s and 80s and you know, early 90s. But nowadays, people are just used to reading everything as soon as it happens. And it creates a different mindset. So the younger guys in there,
0: they don't necessarily view
1: it the same way.
0: And, I didn't even think about it until the Dick Marchenko books came out. And those were a long time it was ago. A long time ago. Yeah, that's when I really was like, "Wow, I can't—they wear regular clothes." I mean, I'm. <laughs> I mean, I think I was, like, probably 18 or 19 when those books were out. And yeah. I, I remember thinking, "What? Is this is crazy. They wear long hair, and they dress like hippies. They dress normal and go out and invade. <laughs> go ahead invade.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and invade. Just... The invading hippies. But, uh, you know,
0: they would get – I mean, Marchenko was famous for wanting his guys to get drunk together, too, right. before, like, big things. Yeah. Well, it's
1: that, it's that idea, team-building camaraderie. Yeah. And however you do it. Uh, but there is – there was that sense that we do it and it's off the radar yeah. and it's not talked about. Yeah. And we take pride in that. But again, I'll go back to the same thing. If, if, uh, if you know, like Bob Gates, you know, Bob Gates writes a book, you know, former director of the agency. and right. He's a brilliant guy, great guy. Uh, but he writes a book and, you know, and then you get somebody else. Maybe Mike Morrell writes a book. And so from, you know, inside the CIA, you got a lot of officers going, well, shit, maybe when I get out. I'll write a book because what I'm doing is pretty damn interesting.
0: And there's no laws against that?
1: Well, there, there yeah, there are. There's in, in, and, you know, anybody who uh, reveals sources and methods, anybody who who, uh, who breaks their agreements in terms of the proper handling, which is a lifetime agreement of, of classified information, uh, there's supposed to be consequences. And sometimes there are. And sometimes if you're senior enough, maybe there's not. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, you, you, know, you sign a piece of paper at the very beginning. I'll never forget that. I read it, you know, and, I, and I said, okay, good. There what was no it, question what about What does it say, that. basically? It says keep your yap shut. I mean, I, I don't want to oversimplify right. it, but it says you you're, you're are being given the responsibility of handling uh, extremely sensitive information, and information that, that if uh, released, can easily result in the loss of life. I mean it's as simple as, as that essentially and your obligation is to shut your mouth and not talk about sources and methods and things that you know better not to talk about and but I think that the, the kind of the drip 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 right of the books and the things that come out and the and the anonymous sources look the New York Times can write a, a an entire front page article based on nothing but anonymous sources nowadays Right. Never used to happen. Right. Right. You you, you know, editors would sit there and go, you know, you better get yourself some additional, you know, sources. Right. And and that we can discuss so people can put it in context. Nowadays, that's not the case. Why do you think that is? You know, I think because I I don't know. Part of it is. Lower uh, standards uh, of journalism? Yeah, I think lower standards. I think competition. um, I think the desire to get information out there quickly because every journalist is now. Uh, playing beat the clock with everybody who's got a smartphone, right? And who right. fancies themselves a blogger or a, a, a journalist on Twitter or whatever. Yeah. So they're all, they're all doing this. And I think it's just this idea, right, that says uh, – I, I it, it, it reminds me of a meet. I had a meeting with, uh, with uh, my company, Diligence, for all your information and security needs. <laughs> uh, and it was with a major multinational corporation. And I was meeting with their head of security and some other folks. And they do a lot of work overseas in some very difficult places. And the competition that they face in their sector is huge. And so we went in there and we thought, this will be great. There's a lot of things we can do for them in terms of gathering information, preventing them from making mistakes as they're going into a new market, all of these things. And the bottom line was they said – they looked at me and they said, nah, you know what? Competition's so fierce. We're just going to go in. If we make mistakes, we'll clean it up later. And they were willing to do that. It's it's like acceptable loss, credit card fraud loss, you know, for MasterCard or whomever. They're willing to accept millions and millions and millions of dollars as an acceptable loss for, for the cost of doing business. And so it's a little bit like that, I think, with journalism. They, they're willing to just throw shit out there. And, hey, if they have to make a retraction, fine.
0: But it compromises the way a person like myself views the news. I mean, look, I hate to quote Trump, but when he – he's like parrots that – fake news term over and over again. You if you are a person who's or an organization that's being accused of lying, it seems to me you should really dot your I's and cross your T's from then on out. Right. I mean you're being accused of lying by the president and I think irresponsibly accused, I mean, the way he does it, he does it to avoid questions that make him uncomfortable. I mean, and, and as the president, I just don't think you should be able to do that. Right. You can't point to someone from CNN and, you're fake news. Yeah. Like what, what, It what serves no purpose.
1: Right. It serves no purpose for the president. I agree with you 100%. I, so much of what this administration does is a self-inflicted wound, right? And and part of it is 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 that they're just crap at messaging. Part of it is this idea that, you know, he just says what's on his mind and he does, yeah. right? It's almost like he's got Tourette's. But I think he views it as a strength. He views it as a reason why he got elected. And a lot of people out there think, yeah, that's that, you know, the, his his base. You know, the people that are really behind him no matter what. I think they view it as part of his charm as well. And The
0: problem uh, is he does release classified information sometimes.
1: Yeah. We've had that problem with uh, several administrations. They just don't um, know what to not say. Well, I, I think part of it, again, is uh, yeah, there's there's a, a laxness that's developed over the years, and I don't know why, right? Because, you know, I mean, think about all the various security issues we face. And look, we've been at war for, you know, 17 years, right? Since right. 9-11. And all these things that have been happening to us, you would think that we'd be pretty buttoned up. But no, every administration has had its moment where it's let slip. And whether it was the press secretary or whether it was somebody rushing to the podium or was somebody on Capitol Hill, I mean, they're famous for it up there, you know, c- uh, congressmen and, and, and congresswomen or senators all in the in, in, in the rush to get in front of the camera to talk about something, and then you know shit happens things get out that they shouldn 't so i think it's it, it, it all kind of contributes to this mentality that we started off talking about with with the seals where you know uh, you well know, why are we in this point where people are writing books and, and maybe getting outside the box and I think it 's just because yeah it 's this constant drip and lowering of standards like you mentioned i think and it's uh, i don 't think we walk that dog back i don 't you know it's just the way it
0: is. Now you're you're not in the agency anymore, but I'm sure you stayed tight with people that are still there. What what is the attitude now with the, this administration? Like what they're doing with like his the way he attacks the FBI and the way like it just seems it seems so reckless. Yeah, it's
1: it's uh, it's uh, unusual. I mean, look, I look there's. Here's the way I feel about it. I didn't vote for, for the, the president. I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. I, I didn't think either of them were the you know the, the best we could do in a country of over 300 million people. Yeah, well, we've talked you about know? this yeah, before. That exactly. if it was
0: you or I that did what Hillary did, we'd be in jail. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah, and so, um, but as far as you know, what the, the, the current mood inside the agency is. I mean, if you talk to some uh, former folks, they you know they they'll say, oh, morale is awful that was terrible and they, you know they just say you're just you know hating life because there's no, I, I don't find that i find that um the, th- frankly they're just more focused on operational concerns and priorities and tasking than anything else everybody's got a, a personal opinion right but i do think that the agency has proven itself over the years at being better at um pushing that down and understanding and in part because it's a smaller organization right than most of them um than almost all of them, and,
0: but he's at, you know, he's not he doesn't go after the CIA right. Mm-hmm. He's only gone after the FBI.
1: He's gone after the FBI. I mean, he's you know he's questioned. He's done he's done some things in terms of questioning CIA analysis and uh, and and uh, you know some of the uh, advice and guidance that they've mm-hmm. provided. But that again, you sort of look at it and go, hey, look, we're feeding this into the NSC, the National Security Council. You guys, you know, that's 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 an editorial process at that point. You guys are going to have to make your decisions. Um, uh, you know, I, people are going to say I'm just saying this because I'm subjective and I, you know, I'm providing top cover for the agency. But for the most part, they just focus on getting shit done. And and we also have the benefit of being focused overseas. So we're not like the bureau is. You know, it's a domestic organization, right? So they, you know, they're drawn in. The agency's got the advantage of look, we're having to deal with crap over there, right? right not here, so
0: now what did you think when he said they were gonna pull out of Syria mm. well
1: first of all yeah oh. uh, yeah they just had that uh, we've, we've lost some servicemen up in uh, northern Syria today um, today as a result of a bombing up there yeah Isis is taking credit for it so there there was a uh, patrol we we've, you know, we've got roughly 2,000 uh, personnel in Syria and for the most part what are they doing there Well, they're providing uh, uh, guidance training um, they're assisting with uh, targeting um, uh, and because the the air power is incredibly important over there right now. And so we are uh, our personnel are um, very much involved in selection of identification of targets uh, for the air campaign. And um, so we have these 2000 troops there. The president says he's going to withdraw. And then then some of the members of the administration start walking that dog back. Right. And saying, well, I know, it may not happen right away. But yeah, they, there was just a, a, a routine patrol. Uh, if there, There's never really such a thing as a routine patrol, but there's a patrol, um, and it got hit. Uh, the military is not releasing a lot of details because they haven't finished notifying next to kin, but um, numbers so far indicate possibly four servicemen uh, lost. Um, and that's going to refocus, I think, Congress and hopefully the White House on what the hell's going on. The problem I've got with it is in terms of withdrawing, look, we could stay there forever and not accomplish the task, right? If the task is to finally uh, defeat whatever that means, uh, radical Islam, jihadists, uh, ISIS, uh, that shit's never going to happen. We're, not in our lifetimes. We're not going to get rid of that mentality, that, that ideology uh, the sort of what seems to be sometimes a bottomless well of recruits that they can draw on, their ability to morph into something else, uh, as Al Qaeda did um, over. Depending on you know how successful we are in a campaign against them, they're like you know again it's 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 you know, it's like you know you step on roaches over here and they pop up over here. So I think it's the the the, the biggest problem I've got is is that if we leave, we're not we're not. Um, you know, it's not like we're engaged in firefights every day with ISIS over there, right? We've left that to our allies. And our allies, in most part, up there in the north of Syria, are the Kurds. And the Kurds have been our allies in one way or another in that part of the world for a long time now. And have played a very important role. And we have not been particularly honorable over the, over the years in terms of how sometimes we deal with them. If we walk out, if we leave, then uh, Erdogan you know, the head of Turkey, I guarantee you will be in there in short order to kill as many of them as possible. Because that's just what uh, the Turkish authorities are going to do. They honestly, uh, they couldn't be happier with the announcement that we're going to leave, because that opens the door for them to then go in there. And from their perspective, stamp out the Kurdish alliance that have been our allies. We're the only thing, our presence, that small presence, you know, not minimizing it, but, you know, 2,000 troops has been what's prevented them from doing that. So that's, that's the number one issue I've got. The other is, I have no idea why any president or vice president or anybody in in the government ever, not just this administration or any administration, ever thinks it's a, it's a good idea to say, we've defeated the enemy uh, when we're talking about radical Islam. We've seen it over and over again from previous administration, from the Bush administration, every time they say, you know, we, we've done it. Mission accomplished. We, mission accomplished. Are we beaten Al-Qaeda? or we beaten ISIS? It's, it, it, there's no upside to saying that. Shut the fuck up. Stop saying things like that. It's, again, it's a self-inflicted wound because c- now what's happening? Yeah, the media is not focused on the fact that we've lost servicemen. They're focused on, well, just, uh, just the other day, the president said we defeated ISIS and the vice president today said the same thing. Now look what's happened. There's no benefit to saying that, and and, and it's not going to happen anyway. So,
0: so the goal of being over there is to assist our allies, but also to make sure that these radical factions don't become more powerful and then eventually affect us and attack us. And so we can keep an eye on what they're planning, what they're doing. Is that is yeah. that an accurate?
1: Yeah, it is. It, it's 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 exactly it. I mean, if you look at uh, the reason we went into Afghanistan, right? If we go back all those years holy shit. Uh, And that was because the Taliban allowed um, al-Qaeda to establish a a beachhead in there for training and for communications and for finance and for plotting and planning attacks outside of Afghanistan against us and, and our allies. That's why we went in there, aside from just seeking revenge, obviously, was to route that out. We then stayed, you know, thinking somehow we were going to turn the tide of history and create some pseudo-federal democracy there. Right. So that didn't, that didn't work. But the reason now for being in Syria is, yes, we, we have done a very solid job of beating back ISIS, removing their territory, and degrading their ability to operate – But we haven't stamped them out. We haven't defeated them yet. They're still there. And so we've been providing this support, again, in the form of uh, weapons, hardware, gear, resources, training, and most importantly, uh, 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 combat air operations, air assaults. And um, that's been critically important. If we leave, I have no doubt that ISIS will find some way to rejuvenate. Maybe not in its current form, but and maybe not in the same exact locations, but they'll, they'll morph because that's what they do. They just They just find a way to adapt. And we already know what's happened in the past. when we When we left Iraq, we saw what happened with the rise of ISIS. So you know I, the, do I want to stay there forever? Absolutely not. But both sides can make a valid argument, one for staying, one for leaving. My, I think the best argument for staying in, the, in the, certainly the short and midterm, is To ensure that Erdogan doesn't slaughter a bunch of Kurds who have been working with us uh, honorably, um, you know I, I I don't know how else to say that, so we'll see what happens i so I so the s-
0: best argument to stay is to protect the people that helped us mm-hmm. to protect yeah. our allies yeah, yeah, but so didn't... it's not in our best interest, it's in the best interest of our commitment and our agreement with them
1: well is is it in our national security interest to to stay in Syria, for example look right. There was this – there's so many levels to this thing, and I'm, I'm sure right now everybody's listening going, oh, for fuck's sake. He's not going to disappear down a rabbit hole, but, but – oh, uh, yes, I am. Uh, for a while there, there was this, this, this idea, this, this ridiculous pie-in-the-sky thought that we were going to get the Russians out of Syria. It's never going to fucking happen. Russians – the only port for their Black Sea fleet is in Syria. You know, we're, we're, They've been there for decades and decades, along with Iran. We're ne- we, it's not going to happen unless we want to go to war with Russia to kick them out of Syria. That's not in our best interest. So is it in our national security interest to keep troops there to fight and try to minimize Russian involvement in Syria? I, I, I don't think so because we're not going to shift them off that dime without going directly at them. Right? It's in their best interest to stay, and every nation acts in its own best interest. Are we going to shift Iran? Are we going to keep Iran from forming? too late for that. They've already got a beachhead there that they're not going to give up. And so you got to set those issues aside and say, well, what the hell are we doing there? Are we, are we there simply because we have to, you know, finish the fight against ISIS? Well, I, you know, at some point you got to say, you know, I guess. I wouldn't say that we've, we've defeated them, but I think we would say, yeah, we've degraded them sufficiently that we can, we can now operate from elsewhere. You know, we can operate from forward bases in, in other locations where we're currently, you know, based. Great but again i keep coming back to the same thing that you know we've we've worked with the kurds is this in our national security interest well no i guess it's not but there's something that tells me it's the right thing to do and and maybe sometimes that's enough you know that we should we should not let erdoğan have his way
0: and also long term wouldn't it be in our best interest to honor our commitment and make sure that we protect our allies so that in the future other allies would be more willing to cooperate with us because they understand that once we're committed, we're fully committed and we stay. Yeah.
1: And we stand for something.
0: Yeah. So what's the benefit of getting out? Like the people that think we should get out? Like when when Trump said he wanted to pull out, like what's his thinking?
1: I I don't think it runs particularly deep. I think it just, I think it's, you know, uh, during the campaign he talked about, you know, stopping the endless wars. And that's a very popular concept, right? No, again, nobody wants to, I mean, what the hell? I mean, and, and so it will be interesting to see. You know what today's sad you know event does up on Capitol Hill. You know, do they mm-hmm. do they rethink their, the the withdrawal or do they accelerate it? So, well, like
0: you know. like when they had the buildup in Iraq mm-hmm. and it was highly criticized, but then it was very effective. Like it did do what they intended it to do, right? And right. it did knock back the enemy. If they decided to ramp it up worldwide. Mm-hmm would that be a solution to any of this or is the opposite? Is it better to actually ramp up our defenses domestically Mm -hmm. and just stay the fuck away from all these people?
1: Yeah. Uh, Well, eventually you can only, I mean, you can only do so much, I think on the domestic front. Um, And then, uh, you know, if, if they gain sufficient ability and strength, we've seen that from past attacks, I think then, then they'll come after you. They'll come after us. And that's, just the way i suppose that's going to work but i don't disagree with the notion because it it is hard pressed i look i wouldn't have stayed in afghanistan frankly i don't care whether they've increased their literacy rate by 2% or built another road or whatever it doesn't matter they don't they don't know what the hell we're trying to sell them right so i don't uh, i i'm i'm not against the notion of getting out but th- this one's a tough one i guess that's what i'm saying is is the the Syria issue is i'm real conflicted on because of the kurds and and what they've done on our behalf in the past and and how they've suffered and knowing uh going years and years back you know having dealt with that issue uh two and a half decades ago a long time ago with the turks and the kurds knowing how vicious that could be uh and i don't trust erdogan as far as i could throw him out a window so you know i think there's a problem there that we need to we need to make sure we've talked through thoroughly before we just say sure let's get him out of there you know what the hell yeah, we shouldn't have them there. We shouldn't be there. But like everything else, look, it's 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 complicated. You would like to think that they're having conversations like this up on Capitol Hill, right? You know, between the the the, the parties, uh, the Republicans and the Dems. But I don't think they are.
0: You know, that's what what's concerning me. What concerns me is, I, especially a guy like Trump. If Trump is the guy who's decided we're going to pull out of Syria, like how does he have enough time to carefully consider that? As well as all the other things that are on his, his yeah. plate, yeah. And when someone runs for president, say if someone's campaigning and they say, you know, we're, I'm, I support a non-interventionalist foreign policy. I'm going to get us out of these these wars. I'm going to get. They're doing this based on a limited amount of information. Like it's not like the CIA or the FBI or anybody briefs them as they're running for president. They don't have clearance, right? Right,
1: right. Until you become the party nominee, right? Um, so when you're
0: yeah. the party nominee, then do you get a discussion? You
1: get you get some access, right? It's not some. you're still not the president, but, right. but you are given some ability to uh, get uh, more intensive briefings. Yeah, yeah. But it's not it's not to the degree that the president. Sees.
0: So someone like Hillary, she was already Secretary of State. She oh, already, yeah, she already knew pretty much most things.
1: Yeah yeah she had yeah she she was uh, you know very switched on very uh, informed um you know she was just an awful candidate
0: <laughs> yeah
1: sorry um i you know so i I think that um look i there's certain things that this administration's doing foreign policy wise that I think are good and make sense um uh, there are other things that I think uh, you, you know you just leave you scratching your head um but that's like every administration I guess my point is we've gotten away from that ability, right? I have conversations. I go out to dinner with folks at, you know, on, the, on, the, on the hard left, and when you talk to them, they fully believe, fully believe that President Trump is a Russian puppet, a witting asset of Putin who is just doing Putin's bidding. And they honestly, honestly believe that, and nothing is going to shift them off that position. When you have a, a you know, that sort of frame of reference – you don't have the ability to look at anything rationally and say, yeah, okay, I like this policy uh, uh, related to China. It's about time we call them out and say that you obviously have not been a fair trading partner. Right. That's something that every administration has agreed to but has never done anything about. So you would think that everybody would be able to say, mm, makes sense. Yeah, I like it. Everybody should be able to say the immigration you know, system here in the in the States is somewhat dysfunctional. It needs fixing. Everybody's talked about that. And yet they can't do it because they've got this – this mindset that, that that prevents them from having any sort of conversation, any sort of rational discussion that could lead to some compromise that could then advance the ball and make this government more
0: functional. So, so where we're at right now is uh, today is day one of the shutdown. 26th, I 20, think. So, so 800,000 American workers that work for the government are not getting paid. So they're a month out. Many of these people, paycheck to paycheck, they don't have medical necessities. They don't have food. People are having to ration off their, their their insulin if they're diabetic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm hearing these horror horror stories. The lines at the airport are around yep. the fucking block. It's it's chaos. And it seems like there's no end in sight. And it seems like Trump is just content to to, to hold his position.
1: Well, I think both sides are content to hold their position. Right? That seems fucking crazy to me. It is crazy. It, it's, it, it's absolutely crazy if you think about it. And it's not just 800,000. I don't know the exact numbers. But think about all the the contractors. Right? Think about all the government contractors. Right. I, I, right. You know, if not I'm not mistaken, I don't right. think they're getting paid. Yeah. Right. Um, and so this has and and you know the administration has admitted that look we initially underestimated the impact of of a longer term shutdown and so they understand that and the democrats you know talk about it every minute about how this is a terrible crisis and so you would think that if both sides feel that way uh, then get something done look at the, the, the democrats they, they've approved in the past recent past many of these democrats voted for for fencing, barriers, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. But we're lost in semantics. And because the president's so hated by this, you know, this, this, this group that you know, they've seized on this term wall. If, yeah. he, if he had started his campaign by saying, we need to improve our border security and uh, find fixes to an immigration system that is both fair and secure and efficient... If he had gone with that, it's a wordy bumper sticker, but if he had gone with that, we'd have a different conversation right now.
0: We would, but maybe we'd have a different president as well.
1: Yeah, that's okay. That's a good point. You know, right, there's something fine. about
0: that build that wall. That's like the dopes are like, yeah, wall. I get it. Yeah, it's a wall. S- still simple. <laughs> build a wall. Oh yeah, like a castle. Yeah, build a wall. Yeah, it seems so. Uh, it's it's such a visual. No, you can, you're right. That's and that's you know that's where I miss out. I,
1: I'm not a, you know I, I'm way off on the in terms of being clever about politics. But I think that
0: well how to rope in rubes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I should I should get better at that. Yeah, <laughs> that it seems good, like but. He's
0: got that down. Yeah. Boy, I, I I didn't even know the people that voted for him, the people that are like real MAGA supporters, I didn't even know they existed in the numbers they exist. Yeah. It's like he uncovered a rock, like he flipped a rock over <laughs> and there was an ant colony of rubes in there. And just the, uh, the sheer numbers, it's like, whoa. The, the, and it's, it's a mixed bag, though, it. right? It's yeah. a mixed bag. You've got a
1: lot of people very, you know, because I, I don't buy the idea that it's all just a bunch of, you know, uh, uh, crackers or a bunch nope. of idiots. Nope. There's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a real range of people. There's, there's that group of people that were just tired of being told they're idiots, yep. right? And they came out in force. Right. You can't tell you can't talk down to people. This is for the Democrats. You can't keep talking down to people and expect at some point they're not gonna punch you in the nose, right? Well they're still so.
0: doing that now. I yeah. mean, they're still uh, there 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 was some congressman recently that was talking about all the people that supported Trump and he was talking about them all being losers and alcoholics and yeah. Yeah. illiterate and like, man you're talking about half the country right that-
1: and, and and no lesson learned right no, no. absolutely no self awareness and uh and that's you know that's the story of of you know every election i think going forward is you know you you you've got the urban centers yeah. and you've got everybody else and everybody else feels as if they're getting kicked in the ass and so i but but yeah I, at the same time you think look we should be able to do better, right? We should, I, I, again, certain policies that they've got, great. But every day, another, you know, tweet that seems a little dysfunctional every day, you know, some misstep every day, some self-inflicted wound, um, shouldn't happen. Not in a country this size, not, not where we've got this much talent and skill and capability. So I don't know what 2020 is going to bring, but it's, we got, we're in for a hell of a ride between, I'm, you know, Look at all the shit that's happening.
0: Yeah. Right. This seems like it might be one of the bigger moves on the chessboard, though, this government shutdown. Like how this gets resolved one way or another and who comes out at least the, the visual is, the optics are that they're the winner. Yeah, it's, It seems very critical because if the Democrats win and somehow or another he abandons his idea for a wall, abandons the billions of dollars that he's been asking for for this wall, that gives them momentum. We kicked his ass with that wall right. and we're going to kick his ass in 2020. That's exactly
1: yeah. what they're thinking. That is, that is exactly what they're discussing in the war room when Nancy Pelosi keeps them all in lockstep and she's done a good job so far of keeping the Dems in line um and that's why they wanted her back in or at least the old guard wanted her yeah. back in because that's what she does well aside from fundraising so i you know i have a feeling that look he's asking for whatever 5.7 billion dollars in the scheme of things that's a drop in the bucket and schumer and pelosi and a wide variety of other people including the previous president have all voted in the past for additional funding for border security including fencing and barriers but they are they're not going to budge off of this so what the hell does that mean does that mean he's he, he's being pushed into a corner where he has no option but to declare a national emergency and use funds elsewhere so that he can say, I finally got it done and looked at Dems, didn't do anything. Uh, who knows? But you're, I think you're absolutely right. Whoever's perceived as the winner yeah. out, of, out of this you know, ridiculous situation, uh, yeah, they're going to beat that drum all the way to 2020.
0: One of the things they've been saying, too, about the wall is that they want to keep drugs from coming in, uh, illegal drugs. Mm-hmm. But from this El Chapo trial... We're learning how the biggest drug dealer in Mexico got his drugs in. They didn't use, they didn't get it through the wall. They brought it in through mostly boats.
1: Yeah. It's usually not um, just mules, you know, individuals yeah. carting it across some, you know, broken part of the, of the, the border. They brought um, it in
0: through cars and hidden compartments, mm-hmm. they brought it in through boats. I mean, they're, they're, you know, they basically have some people spilling the beans as to how the exact operation was, was functional. Yeah, and and that, it didn't seem to involve people carrying it over the border on backpacks. And
1: now, uh, now one of Guzman's, uh, El Chapo's uh, lieutenants, is, uh, is a cooperating witness. Yeah, And he's now, he's now claiming that the former president in Mexico, Pignaneto, uh was given $100 million um, at the outset of his uh, uh, term. I think it was 2012 when he started as president. So when he was president-elect, he'd already won, but he was waiting to take the seat. According to this this Colombian trafficker who was working with Guzman with Chapo, uh, Pinonetto reached out to him, possibly through his campaign manager, or however the story goes.
0: My friend. Yeah,
1: and he and he asked for 250 million, <gasps> and Chapo you know, came back with a a, a negotiated position that says a hundred million, which was then according to this again, the guy's a Colombian trafficker, you know, right. how how legitimate is he, you know, uh then, you know, the money was transferred to Pinonetto. Uh and you know, Pinonetto's people are saying that's ridiculous. Look, we were the ones who tracked him down, you know, even though he escaped, you know, forty eight times or whatever he escaped and, and uh but there's always been this this talk about how chapo's arrests were orchestrated right and that's so that the, the the military the police were involved somehow that there was a coordinated effort and uh, there's always been that
0: underlying rumor you know is it possible yeah anything's possible but, but. if he did get a hundred million dollars you would think el chapo would be free jesus christ if a hundred million dollars yes. didn't
1: get you free right right yeah i know and you would yeah you would assume that you know what's the upside for chapel to, to not talk about it now right yeah um but uh you know yeah, who knows it's it's well, the
0: president geez. too i mean where's he doesn't he have tax returns they could look at <laughs> seems like a lot of cash
1: <laughs> he moved it just moved it offshore immediately uh apparently it was according to this witness or to this cooperating witness he, the money was uh delivered uh this may be the 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 part of the story that doesn't hold up it was delivered to his campaign plane or something and his campaign manager you know took control of it and, and they whisked it away
0: and what they got in a, a hole in the ground somewhere <laughs> yeah it takes out else? a little at a time yeah. <laughs> keep everybody on the on the hush hush yeah you know I, I was looking at that what's that crazy lady's name laura loomer the lady mm-hmm. who jumped mm-hmm. nancy pelosi's fence oh yeah and she yeah. uh camped out on her, her yard <laughs> uh, you know what made me think like, how the fuck's nancy pelosi own that house where's she getting all that cash
1: yeah, and what's her net worth now? A couple hundred million? Really? I, I forget. For, I mean, to do what? Is she in business? She came from a hardcore political family in Baltimore, I think. And there's uh, so
0: much dirty money yeah, out there. She's
2: been doing. She's what? Hundred million? That uh, was way what's off. Us? She's oh, worth a hundred million? Estimated, but that's like I don't know if it's uh, one of those online net worth million, million Where did she get her
0: or, money from?
1: Wow. Uh, Maybe some, she, you know what? Maybe, maybe she's good the at the just keeping her uh, per diem. She doesn't yeah, spend her per diem it or is. Her just stipend. Per
0: diem. Yeah, what well, I mean, it. what is the, what's her national sal- or her annual salary? Uh, well, she just started getting it for this job. Wouldn't it be uh, four hundred and fifty grand? <laughs> Wow. No,
1: no, that's that's the net worth of oh. average net worth or median net worth of net congresspersons. Worth. Okay. Congressperson, So uh, it can't be anything higher than an SIS something. So it's probably not more than 180
0: something. It's all her good work she did with the Clinton Foundation. Oh, Speaker of the House gets $223,000. 200000 She's worth $100 million. What in the holy fuck is that? How's that? And she does have a big wall around her place. Yeah. Um, not enough to keep Laura Laura Loomer's not an athlete.
1: <laughs> she vaulted like a, <laughs>
0: right over that son of a bitch. <laughs> yes, it's not like she's a parkour athlete. How the fuck did she get over that? Didn't fact? she
1: show up with some uh, illegals? Uh, illegal she? immigrants or whatever? Undocumented workers, whatever did she, we she use? Uh, she
0: chained herself to Twitter. I know she did that, too. That brought... That's it, right. She's going hard for attention. It's it's very interesting when these, uh, these people just try so hard to make it into the news yeah well they're looking
1: for a contributor slot they're looking for on one network or another i think right. that's what they're doing they do. yeah. you have to nowadays i think that, that i think at least my theory is anyway if you want to be a paid contributor for a network it doesn't matter which network mm-hmm. you've got to stake out a position uh that involves some crazy right you've got to be like you either be all in for president trump or you've got to be all out right? yeah. if you if you live in the center that ain't happening right nobody right. wants to hear from anybody in the middle Because that that shit's not picking up the ratings at all. No,
0: no one wants reasonable middle right now. No, no. The only time that I think reasonable middle would ever work out is if the two ends are so fucked up and they're fighting so hard on the opposite ends. Like someone's like, God, surely it's got to be a reasonable middle. And then someone comes along. It's almost like the people yeah. got to be screaming for it. But right now, it doesn't seem like people are screaming no. for no, it's, a sensible, it's like, uh, centrist position. It's like uh, uh, World War I trench
1: warfare, right? Mm. I mean, that's, that's the way it is with the government shutdown right now. Yeah. You know, Pelosi's sitting over here in the mud, and President Trump's sitting over here in the mud, and nobody's giving any ground. And they're just, they're just occasionally taking a shot at each other or throwing a hand grenade, and nobody is making any, any movement. So, I, you know, again, how do they, shut the, or how do they stop this shutdown? you can't if you're not talking if you're not if there's if there's no effort you it's not going to happen so everybody's looking at this right now and thinking you know where's it go it's affecting the markets it makes us look like morons uh, i mean not that others aren't i mean look at look at britain right with the yeah. brexit thing look at france with the the yellow vests look at the you know germany's right. having its issues so you know everybody's having some 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 problems but
0: you know we didn't need to add to the noise John Stossel had an interesting video that he put out where he's saying what this does actually highlight is that there's a lot of things that the government does that really should probably be privatized and we wouldn't have these issues. Yeah. Do you, do you, yeah. Does that, I mean, it yeah. kind of made sense to me, but I don't know a lot.
1: Yeah. No, I, I'm, I'm a small government person uh, at the end of the day. I think, you know, there's certain things that we you need to rely on the government for. Uh, and one of them would be, of course, national security. Terrific. You know, collection of federal taxes. Okay, fine. that uh, They're going to do that regardless. Uh, but otherwise, just stay out of my kitchen right, right. don't don't you know I, and so and that's why I've always been surprised I me mean, the, the Republicans the problem I got with them is you know you can't sit around and argue for small government and then try to tell people what to do with their bodies or who can get married and who can't get married, who the fuck cares right, right. just don't don't hurt people, be a good person, get on with it right, right. I don't need to celebrate your lifestyle, but just do it. I really don't care. I don't right. expect you to care about my lifestyle. I don't care about yours. But the Republicans have always stuck their nose in this. And yeah. you, can't, you can't make that argument for, for wanting small government and, you know, if, if you just want to step
0: into people's bedrooms all the time. So. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. And I think the only reason why they do it is because it gets people excited that they get to run to, to, to vote for them. I think yeah. th- when they take these positions, it's not like these are really having an effect on their lives, or it's some moral stand that they must take because God wants them to do it. I think they do it because they think that it's going to get an it's going to shift the poll one way or another. Yeah, and it's going to get people excited about them possibly making some sort of a difference that they feel is going to significantly affect their position. But do you ever get to the point? I mean, I don't know wh- whether that's going to happen, but you would think that
1: y- y- you've got the people on the hard right in the hard left they're not going to shift right that's not right. going to happen you're not going to move those people so like everybody always talks about decisions are made by that small group in the center mm-hmm. so at, at what point do the group in the center finally put their hands up and go you guys are all fucked up right how about a third party that's legitimate not a libertarian yeah. party because that's right. you know it hasn't been working out um but something that creates a, a little bit of a different dynamic, and we're never going to get term limits, so that's you know tilting at windmills. But maybe you know maybe we get that multi party thing going. That ha- I, again, okay, I, I'm, it's pie in the sky.
0: Well, crap, the p- but, closest you know, we ever got to was Ross Perot, right?
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, yeah And he was. It <laughs> <he> was, uh, <laughs> was a piece of work. But so, but remember
0: yeah. when he took out a whole, he took a block of time. I believe it was a half an hour on national television. He bought the time. Yeah. To explain how you're getting fucked, yeah, and explain taxes and explain all these different things, and and people are like, wait, what? That's how it yeah. works. It's
1: good TV. If, yeah. you, if you if you can go back and find it, it's it's Ross Perot was good TV. I'll show
0: you so. what I'm doing here. Here's <laughs> what we got. <laughs>
1: I right, see. Uh, it's all. That's all fucked up.
0: And here's where yeah. you are getting <laughs> fucked.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh shit. Hey, we talked about. Remember last time we talked about Huawei? Yes. It hasn't gone
0: away. No, it hasn't gotten away. Yeah. Get, someone just got arrested yesterday. Two people. Yeah. Two
1: people. Uh, so, uh, so backstory. fascinating. This is fascinating. So I, this, is, this is an area I could definitely disappear down to. Chinese espionage, right? Yeah. Uh, they're going on forever. Uh, one Again, I, I, I say, you know, I talk about uh, there's certain things that the current administration is doing that I like. One of them is the way that they're dealing with China right now. And yes, the trade issue is buffeting the market somewhat and causing some instability. But again, the previous administration, the Bush administration, Clinton administration, lots of lots of pre- former presidents, they all acknowledged that China, you know, pub- uh, privately was not a, a fair trading partner. This administration is at least trying to call them out and calling them out on the on the, on the cyber issue too, uh, on their on their uh, theft of intellectual property. So anyway, Huawei um, supposedly owned. Uh, by the founder and however many employees, you know. I think that Huawei is, by the way, uh, the number one telecommunications equipment manufacturer in the world, and they're the number two seller of smartphones. Right? They they're they're a bigger seller of smartphones than Apple. So it's Samsung, Huawei, Apple uh, for uh, this. And so supposedly the company's owned by the founder, and his daughter is the chief operating officer, chief financial officer, one of those. She was arrested up in Canada. Um, and she was arrested at the request of the U.S. She's up there on bail right now waiting extradition uh, hearing. And the reason was because uh, supposedly she lied about Huawei's dealings with Iran, and they were busting sanctions by dealing and providing certain types of equipment to Iran. Now, uh, this, this, this past week, we've had uh, a Huawei employee who's now been fired by Huawei uh, in Poland uh, arrested for espionage. And along with him is a member of the Polish Intelligence Service, right, who uh, retired and and was now working for a French telecommunications company, but was arrested also for uh, uh, espionage related to uh, Huawei and related to this individual who up until just recently was working for Huawei. Huawei claims innocence and says, well, we have no idea. And the founder just came out and gave this big speech and said... I would never let the Chinese authorities tell me what to do, and I would certainly never spy on anybody using Huawei's capabilities and technology. And people are probably thinking, what the fuck are you talking about this for? Uh, Huawei embeds their telecommunications equipment throughout the world, right? So it's in uh, uh, our allies' uh, military operations, which then are connected to ours, right, in terms of communications and transfer of intelligence and information. Um, They're everywhere. And they chose Poland. They've been in Poland for about 10 years. Poland is a very important NATO ally. So I'm I'm taking a long time, I realize, to explain this. But what I'm trying to say is nothing happens by happenstance, right? The Chinese don't operate that way. So the Chinese authorities some time ago, years ago, looked at it and went, yeah, this makes sense, right? We've got Huawei, which, by the way, the founder is a former military uh, People's Liberation Army engineer. Um, He... um, they, they they looked at this and they thought, Poland, uh, that would be a good beachhead for us, right, because they're a key element of NATO. So let's go to Poland. So they started uh, burrowing into Poland, striking deals, and you know they're basically the most important foreign um, relationship now, uh, corporation inside of Poland. And they're fully embedded, and they've had access to, uh, at this point, to NATO communications, and now the arrest of these two individuals, and... People will still, despite this and despite their past, despite their, their, their theft of information from everybody from U.S. Steel to, uh, to Alcoa to uh, Lockheed Martin to DuPont, all the times that they've been stealing information, people will still go, well, I, you know, I, don't, I, don't, I don't believe it. I don't, that doesn't make any sense. I don't see why the Chinese would act that way. And I don't see why we're being so harsh on them. You know, this tariff thing is a bad idea. My point being, you, you got to call them out. They're not going to necessarily change their behavior. But you gotta raise public awareness. Make uh, our allies understand, and we're, that's what we're doing right now. We're saying you, you gotta you gotta put the brakes on this. Build a firewall. Use other companies' telecommunications equipment, right? Because you know the fact that we're tied in with our allies, with Poland and with Canada and with us. You know, that gives them access to us.
0: So for someone on the outside, like myself, who's trying to look at this, and you you say that Huawei is stealing stuff, like Mm -hmm. stealing stuff from U.S. Steel. How are they doing that?
1: Well, they – I mean, the U.S. Steel, admittedly, that was a a PLA. That was a People's Liberation Army uh, Third Department operation against DuPont and and also against U.S. Steel and others. So that was a little bit different. I I conflated the two. But Huawei, one of the things that they do is by having access uh, and and embedding their equipment – In your communications um, infrastructure, that gives them the ability then to, uh, in in a simple way, to tap in, right? Intercept packets. Intercept information, right, basically. So you have communications. Imagine we're trading information through NATO uh, channels, right? All they need is that one in right? That's, it's, it's like everything else. It's like phishing, right? It's just like, you know, when, when hackers, just an individual hacker sitting in somebody's basement, you know, he just needs that one avenue. He needs to get one, just, just click on that email. That gives me the pathway in. So when, when Huawei is able to embed their technology into, you know, Polish communications, and we're now connected because of our NATO alliance, that gives them access to us, to France, to Germany, whomever. And You know, it's not as if it just happened. It's not as if Huawei, from a business perspective, said, you know, I bet we could sell some of our equipment in Poland. Wouldn't that be good? The guy who was arrested, the Huawei person who was arrested, was responsible for uh, the provision of telecommunications equipment to government facilities. That was his job. Mm. And the guy, the Polish guy, one of his last jobs with the intel service was uh, communications. Uh, I mean, so... I guess what I'm saying is none of this shit happens in a bubble, and it's all, it's all very well mapped out. The Chinese have a very long view on things, and they are very good at developing operations like this, and so they've been very successful. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see, but it's, it's – I'm glad that the current administration at least is calling them out. I don't believe it's necessarily going to change their behavior. You know, and we'll, we'll probably get some sort of deal where they'll claim to – look, just a couple of years ago, they agreed with President Obama to stop their cyber shenanigans and they didn't. So they just changed the way that they did it. Um, you know, that's that's the world we live in, but I think it is important to make a stand,
0: right? Yeah, the, some of the, the tech people um, are saying that they think it's preposterous when they were talking about the ban on Android phones. Some of the tech people say that it doesn't make any sense, but what you're saying is it goes far beyond the actual phones itself, and it's really the the mission of the actual company itself
1: yeah i'm saying that that there is no way that huawei and and other important um chinese companies uh are uh, solely privately owned and or have uh the ability to tell the chinese authorities that they will not spy on their behalf
0: it's just not happening
1: it's just not happening you have to you have to go a long ways uh to come up with that sort of naive viewpoint that says that a a chinese company is going to put its foot down and tell president xi absolutely not we will not do anything to harm another nation's country our uh, company mm. horseshit oh, they've spent they've spent uh, generations now decades uh jump-starting their industry and moving up the the food chain on the global economy by hoovering up everything possible out there
0: so if someone like a, a tech wizard got a hold of one of their routers can have they been able to detect something in there that doesn't belong or some sort of a backdoor or some sort of a way that they could tap in. It's like, if you were, mm-hmm. you know, you were Apple and you were sending, you know, data to Raytheon or whatever, and you're going back and forth, they could tap in through that. Has it been proven that mm-hmm. there's a device like that?
1: Yeah. A former, um, uh, NSA director, uh, McConnell back in, uh, 2015, I think early 2015. Um, came out, and NSA came out with an official statement and it said every major U.S. corporation of any consequence has been um, uh, attacked and exploited by Chinese and we have never ever not found Chinese malware within their systems. Wow. That was four years going on four years ago. Malware
0: being software, right? Right. right. Is is there anything in the hardware itself?
1: Uh, Yes. In in a sense that Yes, in in the sense of like um, I'm trying to remember the the name of it, but not doing a very good job. Um, if you have uh, access to or understanding of physical hardware, um, then you can uh, affect easier. You can affect um, physical control of systems, right? So. Uh, Stuxnet. Remember, I don't know if you remember. Uh, Stuxnet was. A, I do, but was if you an could explain, on, it, it was an attack on Iran um, to shut down their nuclear program, right? Right, exactly. To uh, essentially, what it did was it took over control of some centrifuges, uh, overspun them, they heated, but broke. And it was a know? virus. And correct? it was it was an a engineered... piece of software that was able to impact the the, the you know physical equipment. Um, it took control of those systems um, because, in part. Uh, whoever perpetrated it had much better understanding of that gear, right? Or had access to that gear. And that's a that's an important part of, of this. And it's happened several times since then. And, I, you know, I'm not disclosing anything because it's all, it's been written about. I'm sure it'll be a movie at some point. But um, that is, uh, that's a concern. I'm far more worried about a company like Huawei with its uh, integration into uh, allied, um, our allies, uh, telecommunications systems than I am about sort of the individual sale of phones and, you know, what that means. Uh, look, you know, Amazon and all the others are gathering more data on the average American than, you know, the uh, U.S. government or anybody else's government is doing at this
0: point. Let me ask so. you this, because this is something that just came up and we were trying to figure out if it's nonsense or not. My friend Adam was here the other day and we we're talking about Toyota trucks mm-hmm. and he didn't Google Toyota trucks, just discussing it, and he said, since then, his mentions have been filled with these little advertisements for, for Toyota, Toyota trucks. trucks.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: How does that work?
1: Uh, well, you know how you talk to Siri. Yes.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, it, it's it's simple voice rec- recognition. It, it's it's a carryover from the old days of you know optical uh, readers and how you know we all thought it was incredible that you could take a piece of paper, put it into a system, and it would like take that information that was on that piece of paper and now it was on a database that you could right. access and manipulate Right. and so you know voice recognition is no different in the sense that so if if, if for example if I had this switched on and it happens to people on, you know, I'm sure all the time walking around their house they'll say something and then all of a sudden Alexa will come on and go oh I couldn't find a result for that but do you want to listen to Ella Fitzgerald or whatever right. um, it's, it's always on it's always listening Right. and you can do that with anything like this TV right here if you wanted to, if, you, if I knew that TV was going to go into the office of the deputy foreign minister of a uh, country hostile to our interests, I could turn that thing into a receiver, obviously, right? Right. And if I could get my hands on that before delivery, that's a wonderful thing. Now I've got this in there, and it's like the old days when you would have to you know, go in on, a, on an entry operation and you know, use silent drills and put a, a, a you know, device in the wall – now, you know, we've delivered a TV. Now I get, <laughs> I get a right. you know, video, too.
0: Hey, good for me. So,
1: th- th- this shit's always on, you know, in a sense.
0: And, um, so, a regular you know. phone that you get, if you just buy an iPhone and you have Siri turned on so you can say, hey, Siri, and it, it turns on, that phone is always listening to you.
1: Well, uh, then now we're getting in over my head, but it could be. I mean, is is it possible? Is it is it capable of doing that? Yes. Could you do that um, uh, as an intentional operation? Sure. Um, is it happening because Apple wants to do it and they want to get better understanding of consumer preferences and things? I have no idea. That's that's above my pay grade. But I, I will say from an operational perspective, sure, yeah. You from would, an you operational
0: know. perspective, right. But yeah. like it would kind of be scandalous if we found out that Apple is sure. listening to everything that you say and then they're sending them information to these companies and then they're trying to sell you whatever you were bringing up. Yeah.
1: But it's one, It's really, if you think about it, it's only one step above what they do anyway. Right. Which is, I mean, if I go in here and I search Toyota, right. you know, I'm I'm in the same situation. I'm fucking inundated with Toyota mentions right, right after of course. that. So you know, it's it's like the next iteration of that. And I suspect that people would, you know, some folks would be outraged, but I'll bet people would just live with it. Yeah. Right. We seem to be willing to give up a lot of shit. You know, as long as we don't think the government's doing it. Right. Right. <laughs> if it's if it's Google, if it's Google or somebody, we yeah. seem to be fine with it. But if it's a Fuck it! If it's that NSA, then now we're best. But that's not who's fucking making jack off of these things, right? Right? So yeah, it's
0: Amazon yeah. and Google right. and all these companies that are using it to sell your data to make a lot of money. Anyway, what do you got, Jamie? Senators call for investigation of T-Mobile, Sprint, Verizon, and AT and T for selling location data. Who <sighs> phone companies know where you are. Lawmakers want them to stop selling that information.
1: <laughs> Until they can figure out how to tax it.
0: Yeah, that seems... <laughs> but Ugh. what do they sell on that location data for? They want to know how many people are in certain areas? Is that the idea? Uh, that's the thing sure. I was
2: telling you where anyone could... You can buy that information and find anybody's uh, location. Oh, oh I mean, that's location. right.
1: But look, they, they, they do these things now where there's there, you know a billboard. They'll put a billboard up in a, in a, in a square, right? Um, and you'll walk by. And the billboard has the ability to see where the eyeballs are right what you, so you'll look and they'll see oh yeah it's looking at me that billboard's looking at me so that's a success right i've scored a hit or, or a view I mean, and, and that was the old days it was like you know how you know how many clicks or how many the views billboard's how many...
0: got a camera
1: there's a, there's an ability for that billboard to sense and again this I, I go overboard if i start talking technical and someone will call me out and say well it's not exactly how it works but uh in simplistic terms yeah it's it's an ability to monitor um pedestrian traffic uh, to understand you know, uh, people's interests and to further refine so that they
2: can sell a shit better.
0: Make your outdoor it's advertising
2: interactive. This is putting your phone directly up to it. So this is like you committing that there, but there is also what he's talking about too this is huh what I he started what yeah, this so guy's talking about what's his name again
0: <laughs> <laughs> so this you walk up to a phone that's in the photo you hold your phone up to it It sends a signal to your phone it seems like it's always samsung though is it only samsung phones maybe it's a, a galaxy ad this advertisement, yeah, yeah i have a song for you these are
1: galaxy ads yeah. Huh? But if you can do a one-way transaction, that transaction can be two-way easily, right. obviously, right? And it has to be to some degree because there has to be an exchange of, of you know, sort of a handshake. So
0: I didn't know that billboards yeah. were staring at you, though.
1: Yeah. No, it's it's. Is that it's new? Pretty crazy shit. Look, I mean, this you can tracking now, understanding yeah. where people are, right? Uh, as an example. Uh, you know, it used to be putting a beacon, right? Investigations, you know, you'd put a beacon on a car, right? And, you'd, and it was a little clumsy, but it got better and better as you go along. You know, now it's, now it's, it's, uh, it's, it's pretty remarkable. But you can also, think about the electronics that exist in a, in a current vehicle, in a new vehicle. Um, you can, every one of those has a unique signature. So whether it's the tire pressure uh, indicators, you know how you get in your car and it says your left front tire is low, right? Well, that's a particular signal. If I know that signal for that car, I'll bet I can find that car, right? And it's like it's the same with all the other electronics that exist within a vehicle, um, or just in the shit that we carry around. They've all got some kind of signature, so I but again, I, I think you know most people are willing to give up a a surprising amount of privacy for whatever reason, maybe because they're getting accustomed to it and they're not shocked by shit
0: anymore. Hey, Jamie, what were you saying today that somebody made a slip up about phone calls? The the thing you were saying about the um, the different data that they've collected, you were just telling me before the show uh, uh, about the, what the some investigation.
2: That was it. That the thing I was just talking about. We well, could said, find
0: anybody's phone. No, you were saying that through the emails and phone up, phone calls. And the guy had fucked up by saying phone calls. I'm having a brain. A blank. Oh my god! <laughs> <I don't laughs> you. you just told me before the show. But I've been thinking about a lot of stuff. Smoking too yeah. much. I've been, cheese, I've been thinking uh, a lot of
1: stuff. I got a lot of shit on my mind right yeah. now. Yeah, you cooked your
0: brain with that weed. A lot of stuff. Out.
1: I'm still thinking about that Huawei thing. Yeah, yeah. We, we yeah. were talking
0: about it right before. If you remember, no, it, sure. big, yeah. no big deal. I think yeah. it had something to do with the Mule investigation. You yeah. What remember? Yeah. What do you think? When, when's that gonna end? Fuck. <laughs> that guy is. Does that mean Calculated. Soon? He would scare the shit out of me if he was looking at my life because it seems like that guy takes his time. Yeah about well, two years of worth of time yeah uh, the, the one thing I've got uh, remember it? it
2: was the national security advisor on CNN last night he was talking about uh, the Bill Barr his mm-hmm. and, um, the access to information he would already have and and also be gaining I guess by becoming the attorney general they were discussing whether he will um, uh, share all the information coming out they wanted mm-hmm. him to commit to doing that mm-hmm. he was just sort of saying I can't commit because I don't know what's in there yet and they were just sort of like giving their both their sides on like what he could know, what he would know, what he will know. And that's all I was sort of saying. And he sort of cut himself off of sharing about how much information this guy might have access to. It sort of it seemed like it. Mm-hmm. And he mm-hmm. was the former National Security Advisor, I believe, is
0: yeah. all that was. So one of the things that everybody was scared of was that the NSA was building some gigantic place somewhere outside of Salt Lake where they would store every single Phone call that you ever made, mm-hmm. every single email. Yeah, uh,
1: it, that's th- th- there was that whole stink at one point about uh, what they were actually holding on to, right? The yeah. collection of information, and there was some misreporting about how they've actually got your phone calls. Well, what they've got is they've got number and duration of call, right? I mean, that's that's the key pieces of information that they've got. Uh, could they at some point you know, suddenly decide you're, you're a target of interest and so we, won't, we will start collecting on your calls? Yeah. But was the NSA gathering everybody's
0: phone conversations? No. But it used to be a thing that you would have to wiretap somebody. Like if you're right. going after the mob, they had to a, install a bug. But they don't have to do that anymore.
1: No. Oh, no. No, no, no. I mean, technology now is – I mean, I remember the old days of of, uh, operations, right? I mean, if we wanted to – we're overseas. It's compounded incredibly. (laughs) It's made really difficult to do observation posts and listening posts and everything overseas, right, because it's not your turf. And so – you got to come up with a, a an airtight plan, but it was the same way you still had to get physical access right to phone lines yeah. you had to, you had to clip off and you had to you know then you had to figure out where am I putting the, the gear where am I going to put the batteries? how am I going to store this shit and then then you got to listen to it right Then you got to yeah. and it, you start what happens is it starts collecting like this, you start getting mountains of tapes right and you, and you're not getting it real time, which is a problem but nowadays no it's entirely different um, but I think you know if if we it, it, if we look at today's concerns, right? If we look at what are people worried about, or what should they be wor- worried about? Um, I know that privacy always comes up. People always talk about it, but I guess I keep going back to my same point, which was I, I don't see people like with pitchforks and and you know the torches going down to you know complain to Jeff Bezos that right. you know Amazon's collecting massive amounts of data, or you know T-Mobile and Sprint and all these are are, are mapping our locations as we move around. I just don't see it. I mean, that probably raised nobody's interest for the most part. You know that article that you just pulled up, um, and I, I you know, I guess in part it's because we, again we we become kind of used to it, become yeah. accustomed to it. So so fine, but you know, what should we be worried about? Well, I tell you what we should be worried about mostly is uh, state-sponsored activity by countries whose interests almost never align with ours. Now, it would include China, certainly includes Russia, includes Iran. The, the shit that they're doing, China has a, a, a policy, um, information domination, right? which means they've determined that the next war, the next modern large-scale war is going to be won by whoever has control over information. So where are they putting all their resources? China knows that they're not going to build a military that's going to be able to reach around the globe for the most part, although they're, you know, they're beefing up their resources. What are they doing? It's cyber and it's space. Right? So I know a lot of people were, were kicking the president in the ass and laughing about the Space Force because it is funny, right? But right. the uniforms would be amazing. But they, they talk about this. But China honestly believes and is putting their resources into cyber and to space. And What does that mean? Well, if their anti-satellite technology that they've been developing and working on and continue to work on, the whole point of that is to take control of communications and surveillance abilities, whether it's ours or our allies. In, in the event of something major that happens.
0: So they, they would have the ability to shut off our satellites? Yeah,
1: yeah. And if, and if you do that, then what does that mean? Well, it means you're blind, right? And we're all suddenly walking around with compasses and maps, you know, trying to shoot an azimuth and figure out where the hell, you know, the target is. Um, so
0: China is currently developing that or they have developed something that They're working satellites. on it now.
1: Yeah, they're working on it now. They now develop- is- they've developed some of it. They're, they're working to get the next generation. It's like every nation that has the resources and ability understands that and, and is doing the same. It's not like we're not. Right. What but, what, what, yeah. is what is their excuse? They don't have an excuse. They just – they understand – they they have the right to do it. I mean it's not like they – they you know.
0: Right. As long as they don't use it right. in an illegal way, right. they have the right to develop the tech.
1: It's like there's no treaty that says you can't develop anti-satellite technology, right? There's 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 the, there's the START treaties, there's the nuclear you know conventions that we have with Russia, which is a whole other interesting topic because we're right now arguing with the Russians over over uh, the the latest uh, nuke agreement that took place some time ago. Uh, it's uh, coming up for renewal sometime soon, a year or two years from now, and. The Russians have been cheating on a previous agreement, and so we're, you know, now they try to say we're cheating on the new one, and so that's an interesting thing to be watching. But the point being is that you know, there, there's conventions that try to, you know, control the the uh, numbers for warheads or for delivery mechanisms, missiles or or, or uh, submarines, or whatever, bombers, but not for this new world, cyberspace. The Pentagon's still trying to figure out what uh, you know uh, a war uh, means in cyberspace. Right. You know, how do you respond? What, right. you know, what, what's the threshold? You know? And then what's an appropriate response? Um, and so we'll, maybe we'll get there. Maybe we'll start having these discussions and create treaties that will allow that. But right now, from China's perspective, again, not to beat on China, but I'm much more concerned about China for our national security. They're a much bigger concern than Russia is. Russia's punching above its weight and putin's you know putin's a dick no doubt about it right and they've doing what they always do which is meddle and democracy that's been their methodology for ever since they've been around yeah uh, but you know that that's small potatoes they've got the gdp of a small european country you know and when the oil prices you know are in the toilet they really are sucking wind So, yeah, we got to be concerned with Russia and understand that their interests are never aligned with ours, you know, for the most part, maybe we tried to imagine they were with Syria and ISIS and everything, but Russia's only interest there was maintaining their leverage and increasing it and not not losing their military foothold there. That was their primary interest. We mirror our values and we mirror our interests on other countries, and so we imagined it somehow we were all in this fight against ISIS together. Mm. Yeah, horseshit, you know. So... So, yeah, China is a much bigger issue, and we, and we should be focused on that. And to some degree, this administration is. So that's where I say, look, you, you can't just keep complaining and bitching and moaning because you don't like President Trump. There are certain things that are going on that you should be willing to say, that okay, that makes sense.
0: Maybe I don't like the messenger, but that part of it makes sense. Is it his personal – I mean, is it because of his dealings with China uh, from the business world that he understands it better? That he's more concerned with uh, the imbalance of the the trade?
1: I think what happened was, what do I know?
0: This is speculation.
1: So, hey, but I I suspect that what happened was he came into it um, focused on the trade imbalance, right? And as he was uh, sitting there and talking about the trade imbalance, more of the conversation from the National Security Council and from uh, the agency and others in terms of saying, well, yeah, this is part of the reason why, and this is the, the long-term effects of, of their theft of intellectual property. This is why, in part, they've been successful in these areas. So I think there was probably more and more discussion talking about uh, their uh, economic espionage and theft of IP, and that became then an issue for him. Um, but I think initially, and, and still to this day, I think the big issue is just he wants to try to create a, a win in terms of the trade imbalance.
0: Russia seems to us here domestically, speaking from, for myself, when, when I think about it and I think about the, the narrative that's been sort of delivered to us, is that Russia is this military danger. We're worried about Putin taking over other countries. We're worried about Putin's power, the way he kills dissidents, the way he kills political opponents and journalists. We think about China, and even with the Huawei arrests, we're like, eh, no one seems to be concerned. It doesn't seem to light any uh, bulbs over here. Yeah,
1: no, you're right. I, I don't know why that is, except, you know, Putin's more like a thug. In all, he's, a, and, he's a visual. Right, right. And also, I mean, look, you know, he's he's been very clear about, you know, wanting to try to rebuild the Soviet Union. So whether it's Crimea and the annexation of that or whether taking over eastern Ukraine um, – uh, you know or, or maintaining a position in Georgia whatever it is he, uh, you know certainly uh, uh, you know his attacks or the FSB's attacks overseas against you know dissidents and others um, yeah he's just more in your face he's like Tony soprano right? right and so you can look at that China's always been you know sort of this thing right and look China's yeah. fantastic the history is amazing you know the places are incredible. I I think it's, you know, we should be trading with China. We should be doing a a huge amount of business with China. We should, you know, clear the decks and try to the degree we can level the playing field. But we should also be pragmatic and realize what they do, you know, in terms of their their theft of IP. And so, you know, because that, again, that probably won't change. But, yeah, we absolutely should be dealing with China all the time. But I think that they've always kind of been viewed more in more of a sophisticated fashion, maybe, because Putin is just sort of in your face. Um, and he's you know he's good at it. He's very successful. He's a, he's a smart son of a bitch, but he's I think he's pretty easy to read, right? He's he's thuggish, and um, he you know he longs for those days of the Soviet Union. So we should understand that everything he does is because of that. Is because he's he he would love to rebuild the Soviet Union, and so we shouldn't be surprised by any sort of. Uh, you know, aggressive move that he makes against his his neighbors, and we should always push back. Um, and to be fair, this administration—not to beat their drum—but the actions they've taken against Russia, despite the fact that you've got people calling him a puppet of Putin, are more significant than the previous administration took. Like, what has he done? The sanctions against, uh, you know, key individuals and companies within Russia, as an example, those are the toughest sanctions, you know, have been placed on Russia ever. Um, the provision of weapons and, uh, and assistance to uh, the Ukrainians, right? That was something the previous administration said, uh, no, not going to do that, you know, because we don't, we don't want any blowback. Um, that's, that's a good thing, right? That should be done. Um, pushing back against them on the, on the 2011 nuke, uh deal. Right? And, or, sorry, on, the, on the, the previous, on the start deal prior to the 2011 deal, and calling them out and saying, look, you're cheating on this and you you, know, you, you got to be held accountable. I mean, there's certain things there that, that make sense and that don't add up. If you talk to somebody who says, well, he's an absolute puppet, and you say, well, okay, he's a puppet, so why are, is he doing certain things that seem counter to Russian interests? And they'll say, well, because he's smart and he's like, he doesn't want to get caught out see it's he's playing he's playing a long game here mm. you know and he's and, and, and I'm thinking okay <laughs> I, I you know maybe maybe who knows but uh I, I haven't i haven't strapped on my
0: tinfoil hat yet to get to that point so i don't know yeah, that seems like a complicated one. If they have some compromising information about them. that was always the, the fear, right? Is that they knew something, or yeah. maybe it was business dealings, maybe it was people peeing on him, or
1: yeah, something Look, if, like that. If they had, if they did, not, and again, I, anything, God, hell, now, in today's world, anything's possible, right? Right. And I wish we had somebody else in there who was more elegant and, and eloquent and sophisticated. And, Does anybody and, you stand know? out? Uh, not right now, no. I don't think anybody's going to challenge him from the Republican side, and on the Democratic side, I think they're going to get eighteen or twenty, you know, potential candidates, and they're going to end, end up eating their own. Right, so, I think so. it could be a, it could be a real, you know, uh, slugfest in Turning there the each Democrats. other as
0: they're trying to establish someone who's a viable candidate. Kind of like what the
1: Republicans did, right? And yeah. we ended up with you know we ended up with President Trump, and you know, the Democrats if they're not careful you can end up with the same thing. Look, they're talking about Joe Biden. Now, Joe Biden's an excellent cat, right? He's
0: 150 years old. He's
1: 150 years old, and he lost twice before. Yeah. But everybody loves the person that's on the bench, right? right, until they get in the game. And so, you know, who knows where they're going to go with that. But, um, you know, could they have this idea that they've got compromising information on him? Um, here's, uh, here's what I, I think is that if Mueller has figured this out, Right? And he's been quiet about it and everything. then the most remarkable thing about this investigation will be that nobody leaked, right? Because mm. you can't keep a secret in Washington. And so the fact that for two years now, we don't have like that, that, that bullet you know, right. that they think they're going to come up with at some point, um, my inclination is to think that, you know, Mueller's going to finish this investigation, issue some findings, and nobody's going to be happy,? Because right? there won't be a bullet. And so the left won't be happy. The right won't be happy because he'll still be pointing out the fact that there was, you know, a lot of, you know, stupid moves on the campaign's part and that there was uh, inappropriate activity by, you know, people like Manafort and others. Uh, But do I think there's going to be some smoking gun? I don't. I don't think so. Because and my reason for saying that is because I've never known Washington not be able to keep or to to be able to keep a secret.
0: Right, has anyone like Mueller ever done one of these things before? Though he seems sure, uniquely yeah. calculated. Yeah,
1: he's he's done this before, and um, and he is. He's look, he's a very smart guy and a very seasoned uh, operator, investigator. Uh, and he's got good people working for him. And it's absolutely correct to let him go with this and just let him finish it up, right? But when is that going to be? Who knows? Right? right? Nobody. We they've been talking about. Oh, he's going to wrap it up next week. or He's going to wrap it up this week. He's going to. No, he's not. You know, he'll. You know, Why do you think he's going to wrap it up? Uh, who knows? I mean, this, could, this literally could go on to – it's going to have to end before probably the end of this year. I don't think even he's going to want to, for political calculations, let it go into too close to 2020 in the election, right? So regardless, even though I don't think he's a particularly political individual, I think he's going to see the, the wisdom of wrapping it up before then. Um, and then letting the chips fall
0: wherever they do What's astonishing to me is how Anytime something does come out on Trump It just seems to slide right off Yeah, yeah like, No, that is true That that's is amazing.
1: true Because I think what's happening is They're just throwing everything out there every day, right? Yeah And it, much like, you know, our willingness to give up privacy Because we keep hearing about another hack or another leak or we know that amazon's doing this or that i think you know it's that constant drumbeat and that mudsling and i think the dems haven't done themselves any favors or the resistance movement or whatever we want to call it um because i think people are just immune to it and it's hardened the trump's base to think you know he's under attack every minute so i gotta support him harder yeah um yeah but uh, you know who do you think's gonna end up in
0: in the race i mean Who's got the best chance? It's a good question. I mean, on the left hand side. I mean, I my real fear is that Hillary's going to run again.
1: Sorry, (laughs) I almost (laughs) did one of those TV spit takes. It's possible. That lady is
0: crazy. You know, one of the (laughs) things that she said in one of the more recent interviews, she said, "I'd like to be president. I'd like to be president." Just, what, what, do you, what, do you want to put it on your resume? Yeah. What the fuck does that mean? Yeah. I think I could do a great job in turning this country around. I have the leadership ability to really effect a change. No, no, no. I'd like to uh, be president. I'd like president.
1: to be president. Yeah, I got some time. I could do that. I'm scared of them. Yeah. Well, you know what? And you're right. She may, but I, 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 I do think there's going to be so much pressure on her from the party. To just mm-hmm. say no, you can't. I think she's going to look at that and go. I, there's no chance I can rally the apparatus around me like I did the last time, and because of that, um, because even she can't run without the machine. Right? right. I mean, that's they, they, they've got to figure that out. So,
0: I just uh, yeah. wonder if she has so many people that owe her favors, and she's so deeply entrenched in the world that she could somehow or another muster up enough support to give it one more shot. Yeah.
1: I mean, it's it's possible. I mean, yeah. It, but then what you're, you're talking about her all the way to to what to, to uh, Kamala Harris, Cory Booker, uh, Tulsi
0: Gabbard, Tulsi Gabbard, Tulsi jo- G- Gabbard is Castro. a veteran, young, makes a lot of sense, very smart and articulate. I think she has a real legitimate chance of getting people excited about a mm-hmm. real future.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would not. Uh, You know, I think it's it's time. We're certainly close. We're getting to that point where where, we, you know, we end up with a female president. And Mm -hmm. and hey, good for us, right? I got no problems. You know, there's. there's, I think it would actually. You know, I think it would turn the ship in a nice direction, right? As long as the policies are good, mm-hmm. I don't care who it is. As right. long as we're not, you know, veering off into, uh, you know, sort of socialist policy, you yes. know, land and thinking somehow we're all going to end up with uh, universal basic income. You know, I've so. got a
0: guy coming on talking about that. Andrew Yang wants to describe universal basic income and what the benefits would be. Yeah, the reason being that they're worried that automation is going to kill a gigantic percentage of jobs in in manufacturing, fast food, um, medical field, uh, trucks, all these different things, that universal basic income might actually be something that we need at a certain Mm. point in time because so many jobs will go away and go away so rapidly.
1: Do you think that uh, kills motivation?
0: That's a good question. What I thought was maybe, but... Maybe if the motivation is not just to survive, but the motivation to succeed and do well, it would get people to do what they actually want to do for a living or chase down what they actually want to do and get them motivated to, do, to have a better life, not just motivated to live. Follow their passion. Yes. It's, it's hard because when you give people things for nothing, right. you generally do kill their motivation. I mean, you look need look f- no further than trust fund kids,
1: right? Right. Yeah, I think that's I, that's, that's a great example. Most yeah. people will go towards you know welfare, but I think you're right, right. On, the, on the other end of the spectrum. Uh, to, to me, trust yeah.
0: fund kids, I've seen this listless way they approach life. You know, they just uh, laissez faire. Just, I just think that it's really hard for people to want. Something better when they have enough. Mm-hmm. They're good. Yeah. Everything's yeah. good. They don't have to do anything, and you don't have to motivate yourself to to do anything to get that money. Yeah,
1: I don't understand the 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 the. Logistics behind it, you know, in terms of how it gets paid, the for. actual numbers, but right? The, yeah, but the, the the part that I that worries me is this issue of of motivation, yeah, and um, ensuring that then you know everybody's willing to unass the sofa and and uh, do something productive, right? And it's right. not just we can't be like a a, a nation of. Uh, People following their passion because their passion is, is completely unpredictable. Yeah. I like or, making you know,
0: dream catchers. Pottery. Love pottery. Yeah. Love dream
1: catchers, too. <laughs> I got one in my truck. Um, Do and, you, really? Uh, you no, don't no, really? No, I don't. No, I don't. Jesus,
0: <laughs>
1: What are <laughs> you doing? <laughs> I got a Hula Girl on the dashboard of my truck, uh, which is getting a new engine, by the way, uh, even as we speak. The truck's them,
0: getting a new engine? Yeah, the Wagoneer.
1: It's a uh, Grand Wagoneer, the old wood paneled great old one, yeah. The, the last year that they made it, ninety-one. You, and, you still uh, drive one of
0: those things? Yeah, oh,
1: absolutely. It's a great car, and uh, and but I have to, I, I had to rebuild the Why engine. Why
0: not get so. something that works good, like a new <laughs> one?
1: Because <laughs> this thing is great. Look, the. the the kids can climb all around it. I could drive to the drive-in theater and, and and they can they put a mattress drive-in in the back. Drive-in theater. What, yeah, are you, you in the
0: fifties. Drop
1: the, the hatchback and they sit there. And they, I do live in the fifties actually. Yeah, yeah. Now drive-in we, we. theater with the little clip on <laughs> a little
0: clip-on speaker. Have comes. you been to a there drive-in it theater? It's I fantastic. Have. Yeah. I have, not in a long time though. Is that yeah. what you have? You yeah. one of those? Yeah, I got I got Look the blue. At that. It's blue Look, with that a beast. with a
1: sand interior. Who who's oh, the fucking wizard that yeah.
0: decided to go with those wood panels on the side? It's fantastic. And then. How did that, how did everybody wake up and decide that that sucks?
1: (laughs) Yeah. I, it's, it took I, a while. I, I tell you something. It's a great, it's a great vehicle, <laughs> and it's also uh, nobody gets anywhere near me because that fucker is made of of all steel. Right? Yeah, and, they're heavy. Yeah, they're heavy, and that son of a bitch uh, will plow through anything. But it's it's just a great car, and the dog loves it, and I can fit <laughs> the all dog the dog loves and, it. Yeah, and the 91. fishing and I, I got yeah. You put the fishing poles in there. It's all good. That doesn't uh, even
0: have anti-lock brakes, does it? No, <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> Are you kidding? No, I'm lucky if I, if I have brakes. Um, but uh, Don't
0: you want a car with brakes? Eh. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's big enough. That's
0: when you work in security for yeah. too long, you're like, there's no security. Nah. Get the fuck out of here. Just well, keep-
1: <laughs> my seatbelt doesn't work. Um, it doesn't? And, and, uh, but I've been meaning to fix it. Um, Why but, don't you have a seatbelt? It, uh, the receiver uh, is broken. And the part been, where it clicks in? Yeah, exactly. And I've been meaning to get that fixed. Those but, cars yeah. don't
0: even bing when you don't have your seatbelt on. They're like, good no, luck. no, it doesn't talk to me good at luck, all. Which is probably, and you know what else? Nobody can track me in that car. That's it. Right. Oh, that's it. Nobody's why. tracking me in that son of a bitch. So you just so. leave your phone at home and you're fucking you're I'm a good. Ghost. I'm good, man. I'm off Pick up bread. a boner. A burner. Yeah. No, <laughs> I'm at a burner. <laughs> Hello, Freud. A yeah. burner phone Well at the 7-11. good thing is I can fit
1: my boner in there too. But that's which is the thing good. that yeah. most burner yeah. phones come with boners.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> that's the reason that's why you're exactly getting right. a burner phone. Yeah. Is as soon you as you get that burner, you
1: got a boner and then yeah. yeah, I it's it's a great it's a great vehicle. Like I said, my kids love it, Muggsy and and, and
0: scooter and Sluggo. And, That's uh, interesting that you got yeah. it because he can't track you with it, and also they can't. Let me ask you this: mm. This is a tough one. I want to ask you two conspiracy ones, but this one's a tough one. Michael Hastings. Mm. Do you know his case? Do you know his story? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What do you think happened there? Well, let's let's explain what happened. What who who, who he was? He was a journalist. He was embedded in uh, was it in Iraq yeah. during the um, during the war? He was writing a story for the role for rolling stone and he was writing about which general was it McCaffrey? it was uh, uh McChrystal.
1: McChrystal. it was McChrystal. stanley McChrystal. yeah
0: so he wrote this story and apparently while this happened the iceland volcano went off so they mm-hmm. they suspended air travel so he was stuck there far longer than he was supposed to be and people got comfortable with this guy being around. Right. And so they behaved the way they behaved. They made some jokes about things. He apparently made some jokes about Obama. This guy put this, Michael Hastings put all this stuff in Rolling Stone. Um, it wound up being a huge scandal. Yep. McChrystal had to step down and there was a lot of people that hated that guy. Yep. And a lot of people loved McChrystal. And he was of. Uh, Highly respected yeah, general. Yeah, absolutely. He had to step down from his position, and next thing you know, X amount of time later, this guy drives his car 150 miles an hour into a tree. It blows up. The engine goes flying, the whole deal. Uh, the conspiracy theory was that there was a way, because he had a brand new Mercedes, mm-hmm. there was a way that they could take over the controls of your vehicle the acceleration the braking the steering and they could do all this remotely if they put something in your car like we mm. were talking about if you could get a hold of this television you could turn that television into a receiver right do you think that it's possible that someone could have gotten a hold of his car and made him suicide himself uh
1: Two parts to it, uh, one is is it possible that you can take control of a vehicle uh, a modern vehicle
0: yes <laughs> not, not my, right not, n- that not, not, <laughs> not the woody,
1: not the woody, as we call it um, but uh, uh, so yes, it's absolutely possible that you can take there's there's no two ways about acceleration,
0: that. acceleration steering everything mm-hmm. yeah wow. if you've got
1: and and um, and i mean think about <clears throat> people should think about it think about the the OnStar, or think about the ability for your car to send uh, data. Uh, right. to the to the vehicle manufacturer right? right to tell them you know what's going on with your vehicle right um that's a that's a handshake operation right once you do that 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 means there's an exchange of information what does that mean well that means you can access can you access that information sure of course you can does that mean you can then take physical control sure that's it's it's an it's just another iteration of of the exchange of information right mm. you, a software can take control of physical systems so that yeah so the first part is yes is it possible that that car could have been uh, taken over sure uh, do I think that's what's happened? I, I have no idea. I really don't. Of course. Uh, yeah. But um, it's 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 certainly a possibility. I mean when I hear people talk about, you know, certain conspiracy theories, I look at it and go, There's just no fucking way that could happen. Like but, what
0: one what one do you say no fucking
1: way? Uh actually no, I have having a hard time thinking of one. Um, uh, I like the, the theory that with every burner phone you get a boner. That's uh, I just
0: I can't imagine that could happen, but but it sounds good. I think um, it, I think I've been misunderstood. <laughs> what I'm saying is you get the burner phone because you have a, a boner a already. You're trying to get rid of the. Oh, I didn't see boner. the boner. Okay, now
1: I get. it. Yeah. Okay, I got the priorities wrong. Yeah. Okay, so uh, anyway. I tell your
0: secretary to get a burner phone too, <laughs> and you meet her at the old t- that's it hotel yeah. motel holiday. Uh, Man. Oh
1: man, just like Jeff Bezos, man, he's that's seventy billion dollars down the down the toilet. Oh yeah. yeah,
0: that's how did they get his text messages? That's a good fucking cybersecurity. Yeah, thing. they got his text messages to his mistress.
1: Yeah, who knows how that happens? Unless maybe she, maybe meaning Mrs. Bezos, maybe she hired a, a you know mm, some dodgy investigator to come maybe. up with that, you know
0: um well i noticed that it was an iphone now mm-hmm. if it's an iphone and he had an ipad and she had the password to the ipad True. she could get all those messages yeah yeah um but it's uh where do they live they live in washington right state yes. of washington yeah yeah okay
1: all right so i guess that's communal i think yeah half, half well so. they
0: started the company together she helped Oof, them. yeah so that's a wrap mm. but you know Damn. whatever Seventy billion. Yeah, it's it's rough to give away seventy billion. But let's be completely honest. If you're if you have seventy billion dollars and you notice whether you have seventy or a hundred, <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. kind of, you might be an asshole. Yeah, that's uh, that's a, that's a fair how do you thing. know the yeah. difference? Yeah, how the fuck do you even feel it? If All she right. takes seventy billion, is his lifestyle change? Yeah, does he have to get rid of one of his jets? <laughs> like what happens?
1: He's got to give up cable. Does he have a, Can't buy a smaller <laughs> ring
0: for his mistress? Well, she's that's not sorry. even a mistress, apparently they were separated. We're not going to so take that trip. she's his girlfriend. Oh jeez, really? Yeah, okay. Yeah, she's All a right, girlfriend. There you go. Okay. So they're saying he was cheating on his wife, but he wasn't really because eh. they were they were separated.
1: Yeah. Well, you would think that that's fair game, but I'm sure that it, anyway. It's going to be girls. costly. She's but, so hot, though. Uh,
0: oh, she's so hot. Who,
1: Mrs. Bezos or the new one? The new one. Oh, oh, I think they're friends. I think she and Mrs. Oh, Bezos yeah, were friends. They're,
0: friends. they're friends. Yeah. Yeah. They, it's they, all going to be very. Those amicable. bitches. They yeah. fucking circle. They know what they're doing. Wow. They're coyotes. Man. They know uh, what they're doing. They just take their time. They're patient wolves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: I think he's. I think uh, it's it's interesting because I think he. Uh, um, he's changed. If you look at. Bezos over the years, right, yeah, and you look at, at at the way he is now, just his physical appearance right mm-hmm. you can ju- you can just tell that that money yeah money probably yeah. hired a personal trainer too oh, but he 's got the money well, he, well, he's going to probably have to let him go now
0: <laughs> he can't afford that <laughs> I shit anymore I lost seventy billion apart. well the smart <laughs> thing would honestly be too for him to give away half don 't even duke it out with lawyers that 'll take too long yeah but well, he just, has
1: no prenup agreement there's no, no? prenuptial
0: agreement uh, it 's understood that Ms Sanchez has sent text message to a friend show off her new relationship with the billionaire. And the friend sent them to the inquire What a cunt. Oh jeez. You, you fucking dumbass. Oh damn. She's hot though. She
1: looks like that actress. I can't remember her name. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, the one
0: on Modern Family. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Smoking.
1: Yeah. I can see what she sees in him. He's a handsome yeah, man.
0: He's he's a you know it's the thin <laughs> neck in relationship with the large head. Chicks oh, love that. Jeff you're so handsome. They love that look. <laughs>
1: You're such a man. Didn't
0: he send her, like, naked selfies, too?
1: Oh, no. Not him, too. I think he
0: did. Oh, God. I think he did. What is that?
1: You know, why do dudes think that women want to look at their junk, right? I mean. I know. I just don't. I don't get that part of it. I don't get what makes you think, unless you've really been drinking, that you're going to go, you know what? I'll bet she really wants to see my my balls. Some girls do.
0: Some girls are crazy. I guess. The good yeah. ones. Damn, she's the hot. The good Woo! ones. The Look good ones. <laughs> Lauren Sanchez <laughs> has been in a romantic relationship with Jeff Bezos. She's hot. Since April
1: 2018. That's not uh, that long. So man. it's a long-term thing. Yeah. May,
0: June, July. That's enough. He's probably wow. shot so many loads. Wow. He's in love now. Yeah. Amazing. Donald Trump had something to say about uh, it? Yeah, he him Let's Jeff see. Bozo. What'd he say? Yeah, so he sorry said. to hear the news about Jeff Bozo being taken down by a competitor. Whose reporting I understand is far more accurate than the reporting in his lobbyist newspaper, the Amazon Washington Post. Hopefully the paper will soon be placed in a better and more responsible hands. Yeah, he wants <laughs> He wants her to get he wants oh he, he wants, wants her to get it. He wants, <laughs> to it. He wants yeah. Bezos to not have sense. the Washington Post, which is highly critical of the president, while the inquirer's been known to kill stories critical of the President. Oh, so the Inquirer got a hold of the story, I get it. But oh, you know hilarious.
1: what? I'll bet Jeff Bezos, uh, in President's mind, I'll bet his, his opinion went up when he saw that picture of
0: Sanchez. Probably. Yeah, I'll yeah. bet he was like... But then, was then he probably read cool. the text messages and was yeah. like, oh, amateur. Yeah, come on. <laughs> come on, what are you telling her that for? Oh, God. You're love- what are you going to do, jump right out of the frying pan, get right back <laughs> into the fire? How about you go to fucking Ibiza and uh, dance on the beach <laughs> oh, with a <please> hundred <laughs> of those broads? <laughs> Take a little time off, is what you're yeah. saying. Jeff yeah. needs, a, uh, yeah. he needs a coach.
1: Isn't that interesting how dudes do – I think wealthy dudes seem to yeah. do that more than others. They seem to go straight from one relationship immediately into another one. Yes. Whereas I think that the average dude, yeah. I think, is doing what you're thinking, which is like, yeah, I'm going to take some time down. Yeah. Well, yeah.
0: the average dude also isn't running a gigantic multinational corporation like Amazon. The thing, that thing about true. that is the amount of time that that guy has to dedicate to his job has got to be just unfathomable. I mean, I can't imagine what – what is involved in that guy's day-to-day activity and he seems ruthless as fuck and very hands-on yeah so how do, he probably doesn't have time to go to abiza
2: if the average <laughs> guy had anywhere close to 100 billion dollars though oh they just he'd be, bail give be but doing all sorts it. of shit every day he'd be strip clubs oh like, yeah, all oh, yeah. cash
0: yeah. out yeah. too yeah. no more showing up at the <laughs> office cash out <laughs> cash <laughs> me wouldn't out you wouldn't keep going cash you me you out wait, no you just keep no. Oh. i'd do podcasts yeah. i keep showing but up i wouldn't have any ads <laughs> I, I do podcasts with ads. no ads no ads at all I'm like ah, uh, I'm good that'd be nice I'm, good. I'm gonna give you guys this shit for free <laughs> I look but, at the overhead's expensive I need it's I fucking building and air it's air an amazing building by the way internet thank
1: you have you ever shown I mean have you like displayed no. it or, the, the People, gym you've got is fantastic
0: yeah, yeah i yeah. put some pictures of it up but no. yeah you know what man for me it's important because I'm, I'm not busy like Jeff Bezos but I'm fucking <laughs> busy I, I, I need to get all my shit done in one spot so on when I I can. I come here early. Mm-hmm. I bang out a workout in the morning. I get my fucking sauna in. Float. Yeah. I float. I like to float at you night. You got a sauna here? I did yes. not know that. I didn't got know. That. Float I knew tank. you had a tank. Yeah. 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 I got a sauna. It's it's for me. It's nice. I can get everything done in yeah. one spot. It actually yeah. saves me money just because of the amount of time that I have.
1: Yeah. But I, by the way, uh, I did not say it at the outset, but I should say it. That show you did in Boise, uh, Boise's in Idaho. It's a beautiful place. Uh, Don't that, tell anybody. That was fucking brilliant. Thank you. That show was fantastic. It's fun. People were talking about that for a lot of long time afterwards. It was, and it was a great
0: crowd. That right? was a giant ass place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was fun. It yeah. was a really good time. I mean, it's, for
1: people listening, it was a massive. Uh, it's the Taco Bell Arena, which is yeah the, the best venue in, in in the city. It's a big venue, and th- there was lines just blocks and blocks and blocks before they opened the doors, and even after they opened doors because there were so many people.
0: But. Boise is a great town man I was uh, I had heard how good it was that was my first time ever going there and I was blown away yeah. the people are super friendly it's gorgeous there everything's clean I don't want to talk about it I don't yeah. want anybody to move in
1: oh people are moving in I think we talked about that yeah, yeah before the show started it was a Wall Street Journal wrote an article saying it is some time ago uh, a couple of months ago or whenever saying it's the fastest growing city in the, in the country
0: once you go uh, there you yeah. go okay like yeah. if you brought your wife there and you said look this is, we're going to move here she'd be like yeah, we got a lot of people yeah. from
1: California coming up there. Of course, I'll say that much. Yeah, and, and some good friends of mine who are living down on the beach right now—they uh, they're seriously looking at it. They've been you know looking at property and thinking. You ever Mabel- seen wolves? Uh, oh, with coyotes, yeah. No had, wolves? No. Well, no? No, no. We haven't seen them. We got them, but we, we haven't seen got them. Yeah. But we've got—we uh, had a coyote in our neighborhood for for quite a while. He he kind of became famous and they're they're good looking coyotes you know the east coast they're yeah they're they're like skinny and frail they look like wily coyote but out here out, or out west uh up there they, they they're they well fed well you, know?
0: you have so much wildlife yeah yeah you know idaho has an incredible mule deer population you have amazing elk, elk population elk hunting's fantastic yeah, yeah. oh it's beautiful <sighs> yeah um if and i so, decide to go off the grid that's one of my prime spots We're place not, you go i'm not is... telling nobody i'll tell you i'm not telling anybody <laughs> good
1: else. good let me know i'm gonna we'll pave the way I'm gonna hide uh, up there, man. It's so it's yeah, it's a, it's a good spot, um, and uh, and I, I got to stop talking about it too because I, I get a lot of shit for saying nice things about it, but I can't, I can't help it.
0: It's just, there are some uh, unheralded spots in this country, and I think that's most certainly one of them. Yeah, there's a yeah. there's a gang of other ones too, though. You know, and it's it's really the West. In the West, like these these areas that just don't have the gigantic populations, but have everything else—gorgeous scenery and the mountain air—and just yeah. God damn, yeah. The fishing is—that's the other thing. The fishing oh, is. Oh my God! I'm sure fly fishing. And my oldest boy, uh, Scooter,
1: is is. Uh, really gotten into fly fishing and he's got a great mindset for it right you know he just he's, he's one of those guys who could be out there for a few hours not catch anything and still have a great time and, and really oh. love it and you got other kids like my my two younger kids you know they just they want to dynamite fish right, right. They, they just want to <laughs> get the fucking fish and get on with it and move yeah. and so they don't they're not going to fly fish anytime soon but scooters uh, all about it and uh, yeah not too uh not to bang on
0: about that. Well, you but, guys have uh, basically all the wildlife activities or all the outdoor activities yeah, in Idaho. Yeah.
1: yeah. We got more river frontage, more river mileage than uh, any state except for Alaska. Really? Uh, yeah. Uh, we got more. And, the, and so the whitewater is fantastic. Uh, it's great rafting up there. The climbing's fantastic. Mountain biking. I mean, we jump on our, our bikes. We can be up in the foothills in literally about seven minutes and then spend the afternoon and not see anybody. Wow. I mean, it's crazy. And we live right in the center of town, basically. And yeah. and it's, you know, so anyway. Yeah. Uh, enough don't said about that. About don't talk much. About, don't talk about that. Don't talk about that. Yeah. Oh, I got a note from, uh, I go from uh, Muggsy, my my youngest boy's teacher. He's like seven years old. And uh, he's not like seven years old. He is seven years old. It's like yeah, he's approximately he's seven. somewhere in the range. I don't know why I I'm being, Yeah. Yeah. I, I try to hide his actual age for security reasons. And so anyway, we got a note from his teacher saying, uh, hmm, he's having a little bit of trouble uh, finishing his assignments on time. And he just kind of wanted to check in with you to see how to motivate him. And this was just yesterday and I got this message and, as did uh, my, my absolutely fantastic wife. And uh, so we had a funny conversation about, you know, well how do we respond to that? I mean, like he's seven years old. Yeah. Right?
0: But motivated. Yeah, yeah. What mean, is he doing? Working for a living, yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, how do you motivate him to cut and paste faster or something? But so I, I you know, all I could think of was food, right? Like my my retriever, right? he, you know, he's food motivated. My right. dog, and and so I'm figuring, you know, Muggsy's the same way. You know, you give him a, a, a cupcake and he'll finish that assignment. So I don't. I had no idea. I, I was really stymied, you know, because I think I know we all, you know, I mean, our kids are, you know, like everybody else. You always view your kids. Hey, they're great kids are smart and everything, but. You know, and I so I give her, I give the teacher a lot of credit, you know, for being focused like that. But at the same time, I step back and I look and I go, yeah, it's okay. If he wants to slack off a little bit, he's seven. <laughs> he's seven, exactly.
0: Wow. Why, you know? why do we have this obsession with getting kids to bust? Their, like, I was, uh, I have a friend who's going to put their kid in uh, Waldorf school, and we were talking about that. And I guess they don't even teach him to read until the third grade. And my wife was like, "Get the fuck out of here with that!" Because my youngest <laughs> daughter's in the third grade; she reads great. I mean, we yeah. read every night. She reads perfectly. I'm like, imagine if she hadn't even started learning how to read yet. Now that that and that that's what opens up everything else.
1: Right? Yes, you can't you can't delay that part of it. Yeah, and but yeah, so yeah, I know we finish every evening with the with the, the kids have to read right. Get yeah. on, you know, finish and, they, and She they, likes they, yeah. reading too. Yeah. That's
0: the other thing. Like. I don't think it's a bad thing to have kids read. But what I do, what does.
1: (laughs) You heard it here first, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) Controversial. I'm taking a controversial stand on reading. I
0: support it. Right there. But but what does concern me, though, is homework. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, my 10-year-old, sometimes she cries. She's got so much homework. Uh. She's like, "Uh, where? all day to school yeah. and now I have to do two hours of home it's just it's just probably got activities too right yes. I mean, sports activities yes. right and so that yes. that consumes time gymnastics yeah. and a, a bunch of other shit too it's these kids they want these kids to grow up to become hugely successful and you know they they push them so hard, and everybody in the right. community is is when you're in these wealthy communities too. That's the other things. All these other people, they all everybody's working so hard. They want their kids to work so hard. They're like Jesus. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm in this weird spot where I'm an I'm an an insider outsider. It's because I'm in there and I kind of work hard. You can't, but, no, you work hard. Yeah, Shit, what do you say kind of work hard. It's not really work. Yeah. None of it's. I fucking scammed this system good. <laughs> I got three fake jobs. I got three fake jobs UFC, fake job. Stand up comedy, fake ass job. Podcasting, definitely a fake job. I got three fake jobs. Which is t- the toughest? Yeah, the, the toughest is right making now the them podcast all work is very tough. together. <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know what's the toughest. Uh, probably uh, stand up. Stand up yeah. is the hardest to pull off.
1: How long did it, let me ask you this? How long did it take for like the set that you did up in, in Boise, which was was fantastic? How long did that run? I didn't. I was laughing my ass off, so I didn't. I don't. I did an hour
0: it, and like an hour and fifteen minutes, and that took me that was when I went up to Boise it was a couple months before I filmed my special so that was the end of my run so what I do is I develop an act for like a year I tour with it for a year and then at the end of that tour I film a special okay so it takes me two years to put it together where it's I fucking hammer that samurai sword down, polish it, and it's live performance. You know, it's fucking weird. Sometimes one night a, a bit kills, the other bit t- night it comes out a little clunky, and you're never sure how to do it. It's, it's a constant thing of, of evolving it and moving it and changing it. Do you ever just drop something? Yeah. I mean, that's All worked. It's
1: been working. And then yeah. you, you go and you think, ah, oh, fuck it. I'm tired of it. I don't want to do or- it anymore. Yeah. 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 Okay. You have
0: to be enthusiastic. Yeah. Yeah. So, like in the beginning, you stand up, you, th- you treat your jokes like they're tools. Like, uh, oh, this is a Phillips head. I need a Phillips head screwdriver. I'll fit mm-hmm. that in there. And then after a while, you realize, like, okay, let me do what I like. I'm going to talk about shit that I like. And then, you have, and then you realize, well, the art form is trying to figure out how to make ideas funny. And then, yeah. then it yeah. becomes, if these ideas are funny to me, i got to figure out a way to get them funny for other people. But if they're not funny to me, I'm not interested.
1: Do you, and then, so what do you do? You, you you put something together, and then you test it out on the kids or at no. home? or No, no, I'm no, kidding. No, I'm kidding. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. But you take it to, like, a small place, right? Or yeah, a club? Or
0: just... I take it to clubs, okay. yeah. I go to right. the Ice House and the Comedy Store and the Improv, mm-hmm. and I, I go to these local places in L.A. Mm-hmm. And I might do, like, last night I did three shows. And uh, I'll will do that oh, all the time. I'll do that. I'll do four shows. I'll do one show at the Improv, three at the Comedy Store. I do that all the time. Now how long
1: are the shows each? I mean, each each half set's hour, about
0: hour. Okay, half hour. You know, sometimes less, sometimes more. It must be exhausting.
1: I mean, in a way. It's not so you you, you, may, sort nah, of, you talk about how it's a fake job, but yeah. I mean, you gotta get up in front of people. You don't know what the reaction's gonna be.
0: That's the best and, job that I do, but also the most work. But it's the best out of the fake jobs that I have. That's the best (laughs) fake job. Because it's the most fun. Like, you know, the Boise thing was like 11,000 people. If you you crush in front of 11,000 people, that feeling is just, when you hear the roar, like you hit a punchline, you hear the roar of the crowd, it's like, there's nothing like that. There's nothing like that in the world.
1: That was it. Was it, uh, again? Anybody get a chance to go see go see the, a show? Because this one, or just was, go see yeah. my Netflix special. Yeah. So go, yeah. you can see yeah. that thing. Yeah, now you have to pay more for
0: Netflix now. Yeah, what is it like ten bucks?
1: Yeah, seventeen percent more. I think they're going to charge. Is that really? Yeah, they yeah. can. Yeah, they're yeah. good.
0: So. They have so much good shit though. Yeah. Like if you want to just waste your life and sit in front of the TV, <laughs> it's crazy. Like when we were kids, maybe you that's know, your
1: we, passion. So you get that universal basic yes. income, and my following my passion means I got to sit and right. watch every episode
0: of uh, Andy Griffith. And just yeah. Fart under the sheets. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of people doing that right now. I don't know if that's bad. It's, I mean, yes, it is, but then doesn't that open the door for the the people that aren't going to be like that? Like, look, less people out there really actually trying to get ahead. I think the people that are going to try to succeed are always going to try to succeed. I
1: think that's true. And I think, so I think that's maybe that's an argument against it also, which is that, like, I don't think it's going to unlock a a, a whole treasure trove of innovators, right? If suddenly you give people money and say, okay, you don't have to go uh, pour coffee or or flip burgers or, you know, uh, clean up that road or whatever you're going to do for a living. You can follow your passion. I don't think we're going to find some exponential increase in the number of people inventing the wheel. I just think mm. that there, it's just going to be a lot more people farting under the blankets or something. I don't know. Maybe, you might be you know.
0: right, but w- the only good that I think could come out of it is that less people are in abject poverty and less people are desperate, so it might reduce crime. You might have lazy people, but you might also have less people that are inclined to steal things or do something that's illegal mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because their basic needs are taken care of. Yeah, they that's, food, a, that's a valid point.
1: I read something that it stunned me. I was, I was on a plane flying to uh, to L.A., um, and I read an article about this, this strike, right? The teacher, the strike, teacher sorry, strike. The teacher strike. Sorry, here yeah. in Los Angeles. Big strike, Los Angeles Unified uh, School Authority or whatever it's called. And... It was just before they they went on strike, but it talked about the problems that the school district has. And I don't know whether this statistic is right. I read it numerous times because I was so surprised by it. 80% of the uh, families that use the Los Angeles public school system are at the poverty level or below. And... That means, of course, also that they rely on the free meal assistance right yeah. that the schools provide, which is kind of what the point of the story was, like the schools are closed right now, and so you know, kids aren't getting a chance to eat because they, that's their only chance to get to eat, right, right. But that number was stunning
0: that's crazy right
1: uh, so i don't I, I, I meant to look into it and do more research to see whether the article was actually correct or not, but hey, it was in the newspaper, so it must be true right, right?
0: Mm, I, I don't, don't know about that anyway uh, yeah. That's a disturbing number. It's a very
1: disturbing number, but it also talked about how 12%, I think 12% of all kids that go to high school here in Los Angeles then go on to college, 12%. And uh, it it was uh, a similar number that never get out of high school. And it's even worse in a place like New York City, public schools. So I guess the point being is a public school system is, is... it's dog shit. Yeah. And in, in, in the larger urban centers, it's got some real problems.
0: And I think a lot of those people that are – the really sad thing is a lot of those people that are at the poverty line or below work hard. It's not a lack mm-hmm. of motivation. It's they just don't have opportunities. They don't know what to do. They're not doing it the right way. They don't have guidance. They never learned correctly when they were young. Right. Maybe Single they're, parent.
1: They've worked two parents. or three jobs. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, no, but, but look, California's got all sorts of interesting issues. I mean, there's uh, – you know. I, 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 Talking to some folks, and they said uh, a quarter of the nation's homeless people live here in California. (laughs) Twenty-five percent of the nation's homeless people live in California.
0: Smart place to live. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's raining the last few days. but most of the time it's It's beautiful beautiful weather.
1: Hey, you can't complain about the weather anyway. But that's crazy. That is crazy. And and it also talked about how a lot of those people they work, but they're homeless. Right? The cost of housing, and so you've got people that have a job, but they're living in their cars. Right? Because they can't afford housing, whether it's in San Francisco or San Los Francisco's Angeles or wherever.
0: it's. Insanity. Yeah. That, is, no. that place is insanity. So the your point about boom. the basic
1: universal income, I, I take that point. I, yeah. I see what that, the, you know, if it was possible to pay for it and, uh, and again, you know, kind of do this thing where you, you're monitoring this issue of motivation so you're not creating another follow-on generation of right. just complete slack asses, then I think that's, it, that's a really valid point.
0: I, my concern would be people that didn't appreciate it and people that felt entitled. Like they felt like someone owed yeah. them that money. Yeah. You know, and you're going to have that. I mean, this is, the, this is the biggest problem that people have with socialism and socialist attitudes. Is that Some of these kids that are coming up right now, they look at what they call income inequality. What they don't look at is effort inequality. Like some people put in more fucking work. Yeah. it's not and, and are th- smarter. They've figured their way through the game better than you have. Yeah, and I've they've never, been I've, doing it for fifty years or whatever they've been right, doing it for.
1: Right, right. It's not. Yeah. It's, I, I, I couldn't agree with it more in the sense that I, I never. Uh, begrudged anybody. I never got pissed off with a rich person because they were rich, right? I'm thinking, hey, that's good. I'd like to be rich, right? right. So I might want to talk and find out, hey, you know, how'd you do it? Or how'd you do it? And yeah, it's a system sometimes you know, set up so that once you have some money, you can get more money. Well, of course the fuck it is. Yeah? I mean, yeah. I, if I have some money, I can invest that money and make more money. Yeah. You know, if I'm smart about it. If but you do it right. Yeah, if you do it right. But I absolutely, I don't, you know, I don't begrudge the idea. That's, and so that's part of it is also. I'm fairly steeped in the idea that you know we're living in a very uh, unique country, right? And and I do worry sometimes that that uh, people don't, you know, they, I, I, you know, even family and I've got some friends and others who who are just constantly pissing and moaning about this place, right? And I'm thinking I spent almost all my life over in shitholes around the world, and I there is no other place I would rather be as a country. And I know that's you know it's jingoistic or whatever, but. Uh honest to God, I, I still believe, and if you go someplace and you talk to somebody in, in some fifth world, they will also, my experience has been anyway, uh, maybe you're listening and your experience is different, but that's the way it works, uh, is that they'll think, if I go to America, if I can get to America and I work hard, I can, I, I can be successful. And that, I think, is still true. And that's what I worry about with entitlements and things yeah. that, that may kill that belief. And you're right, income inequality yeah you know, that's but it's y- y- you are right, you work harder now it doesn't always happen, but life's not supposed to be fair it's not, well it's, maybe it's supposed to be fair, but it's
0: not fair so
1: so life is just
0: supposed to be life it's life it's definitely yeah. not fair, yeah. Yeah, it's uh, I, I completely see your point, and, and, I, and I agree with it. I, I think that the real concern is that people don't appreciate already how great they have it and what incredible opportunity they have. And if we, incre- we, we, we give them more benefits with less effort, then you're going to develop more of this attitude that we find disturbing, which is people that don't have an appreciation for literally the greatest experiment in self-government the world has ever known. Yeah. Yeah,
1: no I I, I I but I think also that there's there's parts of it that need to be looked at. Like there's a, there's an interesting study about uh, uh about college and um graduation rates from college for um for uh disadvantaged folks, you know, and that was again why they made it easier for, you know, tuition assistance, right? So the idea was we want to expand the college ability for everybody, which is a great idea, right? But what they found was they expanded the the, the, the the college opportunity for everybody. But over the past decade, decade and a half, fewer people from the lower income uh, uh, categories have been graduating. Right. So you've, you what you've done is you said, "Come on in." It's like you know, mm. it's like uh, special operators, right? If 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 you lower the bar, right, right. Um, and this is where I'm going to get in trouble probably. I'll talk about the Marines and, you know, allowing women into combat <gasps> elements. I know. Oh, my God. Well, what do they do? Well, you lower the bar. You, you make it diff- – okay, well, not enough of them could get through the course. So I'm going to change the regulations, yeah. right? And so if you change the regulations, what they found with the college was if you, if you increase that pool of people going, it doesn't mean that they're going to be successful, right? And now what you've done is you've kind of saddled them with some college debt, and they, they didn't graduate. So they're still earning what a high school, you know, graduate earns, and, and and the the system doesn't work. And so I think sometimes just the idea of throwing money at the problem, or or, or it doesn't, it's not helpful if we don't think it through and then assess the results. So. But yeah, that 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 whole marine experiment. Uh. I
0: think they're they're catching it late in the chain and I think it's good to give people the opportunity to succeed and to advance themselves, but if you really want to address it as a systemic problem, you got to get to the root of it, which is these unbelievably horrible neighborhoods and these these toxic environments these kids are growing up and being abused and being scared and bullied and terrible piss poor education you know first through all the way up to high school that's I mean that's really where you have to address it I mean addressing it just at the college level and giving them the opportunity to get into college and making it easier for them it doesn't Negate the terrible foundation That's been laid by their life Right
1: yeah and I think that's We, we had this idea that, that College should be for everybody right yeah. and that's okay That's great and that's I think that's where the you know People like uh, Cortez and Bernie Sanders and others With their idea of, of free tuition Yes you know they're thinking Okay well look at Europe you know Some countries in Europe have free tuition and Hey it's you know it's relatively prosperous And there's nothing wrong with that but at right. the same Time You know I, I, I think we, we don't we, I, we don't assess the cost and the overall efficiency of an idea sometimes. And so we just assume and, and you know, open it up, let everybody go, and somehow this is going to work, right, to our advantage. And the honest to god answer is no. You know, I think somebody is better off sometimes, you know, going to, you know, becoming a plumber. Right? Yeah, you know, maybe maybe it's an
0: honorable living. It's a know? great a living, great yeah. trade. It's a
1: great living. One yeah. of the happiest guys I know is my plumber in Boise. That guy is. I mean, he's got it knocked right. He's always out for hunting season, and you know, he'll call. I'll say, look, I got a, I got a leak, right? I'm, my ceiling's about to cave, in he goes, well, I'm, I'm, I'm going hunting. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> he's just got he, he's got his own schedule, right? right? But he's got a great job, and there's nothing wrong with that but i think we we developed this idea sort of like home ownership everybody should own a home right well we saw where that took us right when you lower the requirements Mm -hmm. and suddenly we're all you know it's blowing up and and we're fucked but anyway uh what do i know what do i what the the hell do i know
0: what do i know either but i i i see your points and i know i know what you're saying i think that um one thing that disturbs the shit out of me is student loans I mean, you. one of the worst yeah. ways to prepare a kid for the future is to saddle them down with a quarter million dollars worth of debt by the time they graduate from college. Right.
1: No, absolutely.
0: And then yeah. they get a $50,000-a-year job. And they're like, what in the... F-? And they're doing well with a $50,000-a-year job. That's a great job to get out of college. And and you just look at the debt that you have, and you're like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. How am I going to pay this shit? Yeah, no, I know. And and we have sold the students a bill of goods. Yes. And... Um,
1: and and you know, some of it okay, some of it's on them, right? Some of it, you know, the older students are the ones who are willing to take out this loan and then suddenly they're using the money for something else. Okay, fine. Right. It, there's individual responsibility. But no, I, I agree with it. The student loan debt is a is a major issue. We occasionally the, the Capitol Hill talks about it, but not really. I told I told my daughter, who's a fantastic person, I said, you know, the biggest gift you're getting is getting out of college without any any debt. Yeah. And that's you know, so you know, dad's not going to buy you your own Wagoneer. You know, you got <laughs> to you
0: get know, your you, own yeah, Wagoneer. Yeah, you
1: have your tuition. And that's 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 it. That's Look, the best that's, I can tell. That's a
0: gigantic yeah. head start for kids. Yeah. not. I mean, it sounds so fucked up, but it's true to not be in debt is gigantic. Look, they're giving kids credit cards and their frontal lobes aren't even developed yet. Yeah. And they're doing all kinds of wacky. They're like, well, I'll figure it out. Right. Like, you ain't figuring out shit. You never figured yeah. out things up till now. And the idea that you're going to get magically smarter over the next six months while you owe all this money is crazy. Right. And do your you,
1: kids, um, do, you, do your oldest uh, have a phone yet for uh, security what, what purposes? Is this, or?
0: What is this? What do you got here, Jamie? Holy shit. Student
2: loan clock. Oh my debt.
0: God.
2: What is? That? I can't even figure out what that is. It's One point six trillion. trillion. Oh my God! Trillion. Trillion. Look at
0: it go! Oh. Wow. So what is this website that people can I go just,
2: to? It's college debt.com. <laughs> I just typed in student loan. Holy shit! Look, Look at it rack that. up! Look at
0: that! That it's is like like an insane amount of money. Three so thousand so a
2: second, something like that. Is that what it is? I'm just kind of guessing off what I'm seeing. Yeah. Oh, that's
0: an insane amount of money. So you
2: just made that number up? You just off of what I'm looking. Okay. No, I know.
0: Look at credit cards auto loans is that That's, credit cards and auto loans for us all of us Americans or students yeah and then because it's all credit card debt
2: what I just looked at too, on another page that had a clock it that it's which is the same number it's it's not including the interest on the federal uh, Good God. loans just, <laughs> just Good that's that's Lord. crazy. So, so you look at that and you think, okay,
1: no wonder it's a it's a popular idea of saying you got to write down student loans, you have got to get free tuition going on, yeah. and do all these things. And I, I again, you know, can the country pay for it? I don't, I don't think so. Should we be talking about it? Absolutely. Should we be looking for other alternatives and other options? Yeah. But, you know, I think it's it's, uh, you know, we're not even willing to address the issue of Social Security and Medicare, and you know, and and trying to deal with entitlements that they currently exist, which yeah. we know you know, are going to bankrupt us at some point, right? We know right. that. It's not, it's not a mystery. And we can't deal with that. So how are we going to deal with these other issues? You know?
0: Well, that's the, the question I had about a guy like Trump who doesn't seem to like to pay attention to things. How the hell is one person supposed to be in the, 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 the director of all these various aspects of our world? Yeah. No, I,
1: I, I've heard that, uh, you know, uh, from... Uh, what was the name? The economist... Uh, uh, I can't remember his name, but anyway, very very smart guy, very smart economist, who was talking about this and saying, this is what we expect of, of a president. Think about all these things. That the president yeah. has to be cognizant of and and, and supposedly capable of, of digesting a lot of information and making decisions on a very number of things. And obviously, yeah, you delegate and you're uh, uh, fine, but it is an interesting system. And it is interesting how, you know, I mean right now there's a lot of people that don't have faith in the current president to make, you know, some of your basic decisions. Uh previous administration there were a lot of people that was convinced he could, you know, understand anything, right? I mean he, he was, you know, capable of all of it. So I don't think the job itself is too big, right? I just think that you know, the way that we uh Go through the selection process has slowly over a period of time, you know, gone downhill, and has yeah. re- kind of resulted in what we're doing right now. Part of it's the the, the bullshit primary process, you know, and, and the way that we uh, do the initial selection. There's there's you know there's a lot of things I suppose. Kind of sure,
0: p- the fact you have to be registered as a Democrat or Republican to vote in the primaries and all yeah. all those things, and then you know it's just the, everything like the the whole thing's a big mess. But on the flip side, here's what's crazy. Trump doesn't seem to be aging. <laughs> Everybody else Really? You
1: think it's just- ages yeah. so hard. Yeah.
0: They age so hard because yeah. they're paying attention to everything and they have real concern.
1: Well, yeah, that, he and, seems
0: to be just like a fucking water on a duck's back. Well, you know, bang. maybe
1: he's he's going to outlive us all. Maybe he's figured out how to avoid the stress. He right? doesn't seem any older. Yeah. Oh, you remember what President Obama looked like oh. when he finally walked out of office, yeah. or Bill Clinton? I saw yeah. Bill Clinton not too long ago. We went down in Little Rock, and you saw him. Yeah, he was at, a, at an event that we were. It was a, a relatively small dinner, and was and, he chasing
0: pussy? Don't uh, lie. Well, yeah. don't lie.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying he touched me <laughs> inappropriately, but you know. <laughs> I <laughs> want to know I where would, I got my burner phone. I would phone. love to be a fly <laughs> on the
0: room, a fly on the uh, wall in a room with that that guy. But
1: I I, I will say this much about him: he was. Uh, we started talking. I thought I was just going to go up and shake his hand and say, mm-hmm. you know, hey, yeah, uh, Miss President, you know, good to see you, because uh, I I always liked the guy, right? And okay, you know, aside from his obvious you know issue and the, and the problem he had in terms of his ability to to uh, to, to govern and the fact that he's, he's a smart son of a bitch, um, and. He, uh, I, I just found him, uh, you know, capable of the job, right? I just like I did with President Bush, and you know, there were good aspects of President Obama. I, I don't have a dog in the hunt, right? I mean, I'd rather see the results than the person. But anyway, talking to, to President Clinton, he uh, we started talking, and, and he immediately went to a uh, an old uh, agency uh, operation, an old thing that had happened um, during his time when he was president to talk about it, right and and you could tell that he – I mean, he had retained a tremendous amount of information, right? Mm. And and we were talking, and and we ended up talking for 15 minutes or so just kind of about this particular incident. And he was kind of curious, and he wanted to – you know, and he wanted to recount kind of some of the thought process that they were, you know, going through. And and I found it really interesting in the sense that that was a – it was a surprisingly um, deep conversation, right, for some – and he, and he's curious. And I always thought that was the most important quality for anybody who gets in that job – is he's they have to be curious right they have to be inquisitive and um you know on the scale of you know presidents where does the current president you know exist in, in the curiosity scale i don't know but i think that's probably not his strong suit so maybe that's one of the reasons why he's not aging is because he he's you know he's not asking that fourth or fifth question that leads you to the point where you go oh that's a pretty fucked up situation now we got to worry about that one yeah right? so maybe it is you know water off the back and he's and he's uh he's figured out a way to deal
0: with stress well the on the plus side he seems to be making business owners happy, it Seems it, at least ones that aren't affected by the sanctions against China, because uh, there's like steel manufacturing and a lot of other companies that are very upset by... Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's the regulations that, that yeah. they've done that they haven't really touted uh, in terms of deregulating some of the things. That, I mean, because like the previous administration, you know, a lot of good points, but some bad points. And one of the bad points was this sort of um, the uh, hamstring of industry through uh, over-regulation yes. on everything. Yes. Right, and so lifting some of that, you know, this this you know, you can argue whether, you know, you want bigger government or less government, but you can't argue with the fact that it it did unleash, you know, uh, industry and business mm. uh, more than the previous administration. So that's a good thing, um, but yeah, you know, look at all the other concerns. I mean, now we're talking about a, you know a global slowdown. Because right? yeah. you know, China's numbers are looking soft. Germany's looking soft. What does that mean? Everybody's worried about Brexit. So there's, there's a lot of things for people to be focused on. You know? um, and I worry sometimes that all we do here in the States is kind of like chase the next you know, shiny ball of tinfoil because we're all a bunch of raccoons. right? And we're, we have such a, a short attention span for everything. And, uh, yeah, anyway, what, what am I saying? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Everybody's like, last, he was talking
0: about attention span. The last thing that I definitely wanted to talk to you about yeah. is one of the things that Trump brought up recently is the, uh, JFK case oh, yeah. and releasing some of the files and they wanted to redact the information that pertained to the people that were still alive. Now, I want to know what, what, I don't know what you could say. Mm. But what do you think about the JFK case? Do you think that Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone? Um,
1: I can see of all the of, of all the sort of. Incidents of all – I don't mean to minimize it by – or I minimize it by calling it an incident, but of all those situations, the Kennedy assassination and, MLK, and Martin Luther King's assassination, those are the two that I understand more than anything else why they've lingered and why people don't believe the shit that they've seen and why they, why they have concerns about it. Uh, Martin Luther King more than Kennedy, I, I I believe that there was something there that we still don't understand in terms of who else was responsible and who organized that and who – who assisted in that? Right. I'm, I just think of those two. That's the one I've got bigger questions on. The Kennedy assassination. I think that, uh, I think that Oswald pulled the trigger. I think in his mind, uh, the reason he was doing it was um, for the greater good of of communism and to uh, boost his image. Uh, with the Soviets and and uh, with the the Cuban regime, um, do I think that he had assistance? Um, I don't, you know, I don't think so. But I could be swayed from that with with better evidence than I've seen. But um, I understand why people are are so dug in on it. Right, because I mean, look, it was a massive event, right? It was a massive yeah. event. But Oswald had sufficient training. You did not have to be a rocket scientist to right. figure this out. It was a different era, and we don't understand it in today's terms. But when you get right in that position and look out that window and look at the shot that was taken, and you know what was involved in that, I was not a, you know, you have shot, you know, you. Uh, this sounds terrible, but you know, every, you know, anybody who's hunted, you know, has taken a more difficult shot than that. Yeah. Um. So that part of it, and and his motivation, and his past ties to the Soviets, do I think the Soviets were pulling the trigger on it? Do I think the Mafia were pulling the trigger? I I haven't seen anything that convinces me that that was the case. I think that Oswald felt like he was doing it for them, or he was he was going to prove himself in that mm-hmm. regard. But uh, again, I I understand why people have dug in. The MLK one, Martin Luther King, I just um I I think that. I don't think he acted alone.
0: What I, makes you think that?
1: Um, I think that – look, he was a, a loser, a two-bit criminal, right, who was constantly getting picked up for the shit that he was doing and ending up in jail. Mm-hmm. Right? He was a mess. right? There was nothing clever about him. And then leading up to the assassination, he, he cleaned up right? his act. Suddenly he went from looking like a two-bit you know, criminal you know, to uh, a college professor basically and he had cash he was able to you know purchase a vehicle and he kind of went off the grid for a while he went on this drive right and sort of stayed off the grid and he behaved in a way that he hadn't up until you know months before this thing took place and then he ended up in europe you know and um i just uh, something tells me that he had um uh Assistance in some fashion. I don't know who, right, or whatever, but I just—that's the one that more than than any any others that I've looked at, uh, you know, makes me step back and go, no, we don't we don't know the whole story here. Um, The Kennedy thing, I, 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 you know, again, maybe there's something out there that we just haven't turned over. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's always a possibility, but um, yeah, MLK. I think is is that's the one that's most disturbing.
0: That's interesting. I don't know enough about the MLK murder. I need to go uh, look into that now, especially if you think that something was going on. Look at his behavior. Um, what the hell was his name again? Earl Ray. James Earl Ray. James Earl Ray.
1: And I, I've talked to his brother. I've interviewed his brother. Um, for what? Uh, for a show, <coughs> uh, a series, uh, where we did a, a, a kind of a investigative look into this. Mm-hmm. Um, and um I, there's if you if 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 all you do when you're when you're looking at this is to look at rays behavior in that year leading up to the the assassination um that's the that's the interesting for me that's the most interesting part i mean you put it in context with everything he did up until that point which was he was basically again just a two bit criminal uh, who couldn't stay out of jail and then you get this and you get this change in behavior, and this change in appearance, and this you know sudden ability to you know be uh, something that he wasn't up until that point. I guess everybody can change, but that was that was the, the most striking part for me. Um, There's no he,
0: obvious source of income. No,
1: no, just just uh, just a, you know just again just a penny any criminal basically, and um, there was plenty of information. It wasn't like he couldn't have gathered. If if you say, well, no, he acted on his own. Well, okay, yeah. Was there information? uh, Yes, leading right up to the the day before. There was talk about, uh, you know, there were news reports showing uh, King at the Lorraine Motel, um, and you know, coming in and out of the room, you know, that he was staying in. And so, it wasn't as if you know you couldn't gather that information on your own, you know. But it was again, it was that behavior leading up to it. And I'm not a conspiracy guy at all, right? I've seen you know too much shit to. You know, to think that, you know, every conspiracy is holding water. So, mm-hmm. um, but this one is, was disturbing uh, in that regard, for what that's worth.
0: All right. I'm uh, going to look into uh, it now. Yeah.
1: You should look into it. And we'll talk about it next time. See what you think, because I'd, I'd really be interested. I think, I don't think we're going to, this show that we're going to get ready to do here, start filming in, in next month is, is not going to be looking into things like that. Uh, what, kinda, is it, what is it called? It's going to be called Black Files. They may change the number or the name just before we go on the air, but um, you know, I really enjoyed the shows that they did in the past. America Declassified, with the looking into conspiracies, I really enjoyed it. Right, I really, really thought it was fascinating, and I get why people feel that way. Yeah, Kennedy for
0: sure, especially when they're on the outside. The Kennedy one to me, the bullet is the most disturbing thing. Yeah, that bullet that just showed up on Connolly's gurney. Oh, look what we found. Yeah, we found this bullet. Yeah, yeah, and it's not distorted, and supposedly went through two people and shattered bone. That magic bullet. The magic bullet, yeah. yeah. it's just, yeah. It's, I don't buy it. Yeah. I don't think that that bullet came from there.
1: That's probably the most, uh, of all things, because so, we, we looked at the, the grassy knoll issue and the possibility of spotting other look people from bullet. the other side, yeah. Get
0: the fuck out of here yeah. with that bullet. Yeah. That it, bullet drives me crazy. Not does, only that, it, there's more pieces of the bullet fragments in Connolly's body. When you look at the, look at the x-rays of Connolly's body that show bullet fragments. There's little pieces. Yeah. They found little tiny pieces of metal in his body from the bullet fragments. Yeah. But you don't see that missing from the bullet. It's bullshit
1: yeah the the bullet thing is is and and I, I you know again there's there's elements of it that you look at but collectively uh, just you know and again maybe there's something else out there maybe yeah. there is and and we just haven't uncovered it or maybe this will you know prompt you know some additional information who knows but um yeah any, anyway it's it's fascinating shit but uh, I do get it because it's su- it was such a, a, a seminal moment, right? And nobody wants to think that something that bad, that horrific, and that something that could sort of shatter the country in that fashion could be done by one one guy like mm-hmm. Lee Harvey Oswald.
0: Or John Hinckley. I or mean, we or saw John that. Hinckley, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: exactly. Didn't um, they just let him out? Yeah. What not, not, f- not for good, right? Not for good. I think it was on a release yeah. program but of some get sort.
0: Get the fuck out of here yeah. for yeah. life. Get the fuck out of yeah. here forever. Yeah. I don't care how... How well you've been behaving for twenty years while you've been locked up in a mental yeah. assignment? You shot the president. Get yeah. the fuck out of here! It's like, what is wrong with people? Yeah,
1: I, I, it's it's that old idea. Oh, of, he's done his yeah. time. He's done his time. Yeah, he's he's been uh, he's been rehabilitated. You know, yeah, rehabilitated, and uh, and that's always that argument: is prison for incarceration or is it for rehabilitation? And, it's for us. Yeah, it's for
0: us. You <laughs> shot the president. Get in the cage. Shit.
1: Hey, can I say one thing before yes, please. Uh, we finish up? Uh, uh, this is sort of a a, a a bump for a buddy of mine who's in Boise. He just wrote his first book. Um, if anybody's out there and they're looking for a book to read, um, uh, his name is Andrew Cousins, and um, he's a former operator who uh, you know knows his shit. And it's his first attempt uh, at a, a fiction novel. It's called A Failed State. And it's uh, set in Afghanistan and also here in the U.S. and, and uh, a couple other places, Turkey and Germany and elsewhere. Uh, interesting read. Uh, a lot of technical information in there. It's a, it's a fiction novel, but he's dumped a lot of uh, information in there, so it's clear he knows what he's talking about. Um, but it's worth, it's, it's, it's worth a peek if anybody's looking
0: for something to read. Look just at you, looking I out for a buddy. Yeah, All right. yeah, he's a good guy. Well, hey, brother. Great to see you again. Thank, Thank you very man. much. Good luck with your show. I appreciate and, that, man. Um, come on again after it's over. Good I'll talk. do it. All Take care. Bye, everybody. Thanks, man. Have a great day.